and welcome back or to the Fun Filtered Podcast. I am joined as ever by Eddie. Hello. And Jordan. Hello. Starting high energy today. You are. It's over now. Okay. What are we going to talk about? <laughs> uh, I don't know. We I got a question ourselves. for you. Okay. Well, I want a, a bit of context before you ask that question. Okay. We're in a position for the first time, maybe, well, not ever, but like the second or third time, where we are caught up with reality. Yeah, there's nothing really current going on to talk no. about. Well, no. In in, in our sphere. <laughs> no, we're going to touch. Yeah, yeah, in our sphere, there's nothing yeah. current going on. Yeah, so just bear that in mind. <laughs> you might get out unscathed, listeners. Yeah. This might only be like 50 minutes long, this podcast. Oh, this might be the best podcast ever. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It no won't. pressure. <laughs> it, it, won't it won't be. The pressure's on you as well, you know. <laughs> oh, I know. You're also here. I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. Okay. But, you know, it's like a band, isn't it? If one of you fail, you all fail. Yeah. And group failure is more, you know, tolerable. Is that one of the worst... What's the, one, what's the worst thing to say to your band members as you're about to go on stage? No pressure's um, probably up there, right? It dep- what member of the band are you? Oh, yeah, I suppose that does... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you say to, like, the bassist, no pressure. It's like, no. Well, no, there's it's never like, pressure. No, for instance, if the singer says, my fingers have ceased working, that's not a problem. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if the, God, if no. If the bassist says it, yeah. it's more of a problem. It is a bit more of a Just problem. the guy on the accordion that's like, oh, <laughs> well, something, well, we're fucked. Something yeah. that could apply an accordion. <laughs> the accordionist in the band. <laughs> Why not? You guys ready to go on? No, our harpsichordist has uh, <laughs> he's fucked his fingers. He's OD. Yeah. He's <laughs> OD. <laughs> Yeah, from zero to a hundred yeah. real quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the chalice is on masculine. <laughs> um, yeah, no, is something that would apply to any band member. Like if any band member said the to worst him, thing to say, one of the worst, stage. Yeah, worst things to say. I don't know. Um, that's a hard question. No pressure is generally. It's never said sincerely, is it? No. No pressure is someone provides context and then jokingly says no pressure. Yeah. yeah. So, you're the first band to perform in this venue for six months. Yeah. And you're responsible for keeping it afloat. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. It's, you know, I've never, have you ever heard someone earnestly say no pressure? But really, there is zero pressure. I just kicked something <laughs> straight away. Uh, but, you know, blah, 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 blah. But no pressure. And I mean that. Well, no, if taken sincerely, then it's genuinely like, oh, don't worry about it. Yeah, I know. that's what no yeah. pressure means, well, they, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, people are like, you know, you walk into a shift and it's been a shit show, and people are going, "Oh, I mean, it's been a shit show, but you know, no, no pressure. You, like, it'll be fine." Right, right. That pisses me off. Well, that does. That doesn't seem sincere to me. No, but that's like, it, like, it's been a shit shift. I finished. Ha ha ha. <laughs> yeah. Now you. Which, which, knowing me, would well. Yeah. You would say it, wouldn't you? You've said it, Eddie. You say (laughs) people have said it. You fucking said it to people. people No, no, but like people say, but like shit like that will stress me out. Right. And then I'll be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah. I just don't like it because it's a cliche. Mm. No pressure. And you do that British like, ha 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 ha. Yeah. It's that beige humour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got a friend who's literal like, like we, we, he's basically his tagline or his catchphrase no pressure uh, is you no, come up is, with an original catchphrase is no, <laughs> no worries I'll sort it no worries I'll sort it very rarely does he sort it and you think it's something that's rather <laughs> it does feel like a denial yeah it like you, you wouldn't have to make that your catchphrase if you genuinely sorted stuff all the is time is it like footballers you know when footballers instead of saying um footballers are like at the end of the day 
the end of the day yeah. yeah I was kicking the ball and at the end of the day you know all I needed to do was kick the ball cool. at the end of the and day I, I did it yeah at the, at end, the end of the, of the day. day I can be proud of it's that he's at, a good one where he's yeah. just talking to you so it's like right. so Eddie I was at the um I forgot what he said what did he say what's the catchphrase <laughs> no worries I'll sort it so Eddie I was at the no worries I'll sort it <laughs> ca- uh, cafe is that the name of the cafe <laughs> no worries I'll <laughs> sort it cafe <laughs> yeah I, I think it's important to be mindful of your own kind of verbal tics and mm. as I say okay okay, alright so I'll ask a question and someone will provide the answer say it's like you know an answer I didn't expect or I don't know in some way subverts expectations mm. I go, okay, all right. It's always the two of them. Right. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. I notice I do that. Do yeah. you, have you two noticed? I guess the listeners are the best judges of this. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I say crock of shit quite regularly. Yeah, I think we, we called you out on that, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Argue the toss. That's something you say fairly regularly. Yeah. Assume. assume. You, you pronounce assume with an SH. Assume. He's assuming assume. <laughs> yeah. Assume. Um, Sean Connery. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Whenever someone says, oh, you sound like Sean Connery, everyone goes, yes. You, you did the complete opposite. You just went, yes. I know. <laughs> what about you, Joel? What's your verbal tick? Oh, I don't know. I, Other than like, which are every Welsh Yeah, yeah. Has. I'm trying to think outside of, yeah. you know, saying things like like and, and shit like that. I think so. That's something I, I want to uh, curb. Right. Where someone will ask me a question or ask me to explain something, I'll go, so blah, 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 blah. Right. I think it's just like a mm. le- it's a way of like leading into... Yeah, it's your pr- foundation. Yeah. Wrapping it. Yeah. But I, I think that's another thing that a lot of people do. So. So. Mm, yeah. It's like, so what, were you, what did you do last night? Oh, so I was at the store. Yeah. Well, it's like st- telling a story, isn't it? Mm. It's, it's, it's a, a word of consequence, isn't it? Yeah. So this is what happened yes but it's sort of um, it's like when you write a CV and they say never start every sentence with the word I it's like I am this I am that I am that yeah I've noticed that where it's like most stories begin with so blah 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 yeah mm. so it's something that I want to um, that one was okay so <laughs> that it's something okay. that that's okay yeah. but yeah that's something that I kind of want to curb I think yeah I don't know it's like um, you say kind of wanna as well is it yeah okay well I kind of want to say yeah he'll, he'll, he won't just say oh, I kind of like do this or I want to do this it's kind of want to right yeah you do say those together I'm just I, I'm uber clarifying I'm like being like you know I, I, I'm, I'm this many steps removed from being certain of it yeah. <laughs> you know I, I kind of want to I'm in the ballpark yeah um, yeah it's it's an ongoing not struggle but kind of lament for me in life I want to get to a place where I'm always talking in complete perfectly grammatical sentences um, you know where if you read m- what I'm saying written down it would read like a book yeah it wouldn't read like written speech yeah, yeah it wouldn't say. read like like and all these qualifications and silence fillers I know that's impossible you do mix up your silence fillers though like you do um you do like you do and okay yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm varied yeah and versatile yeah it's all the same principle yeah it's like you'll say a point and then pause and then continue to say the yeah. point but it's you know you'll get it's, yeah. it's, it's like a, you never know what you're gonna get it's exciting ver- my head is a versatile yeah I'm a master of topiary yeah yeah okay <laughs> Uh, what's the question? My question uh, to both of you is what is the best possible name for a dragon? Weirdly enough, we've had this conversation before. Have we? Yeah. When? I don't know, but, but I, ha- I think I have an answer. Okay. But I don't know why I have an answer. What's your answer? Is that my answer? <laughs> well, it is your answer. No, no, no. I'm trying to think of where, why. You, right. My head got went to Betty, but I have no idea why. And I feel like I've okay. answered that question before. Right. A dragon. 
I don't know. Let me think about that. Okay. Eddie. I mean, Gwendolyn was the name of my head. Gwendolyn? <laughs> yeah. Gwendolyn was the name of my dragon, so I would... Uh, that was I'd... the name of my head. Okay. Um, I mean, it's Draco, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. I mean, there is a right answer. Draco is not the right answer. It is. Why is it Why is it the right answer? Well, I'm pretty sure it derives from the same root. What was it say? Dragomir. Dragomir. That's the thing. They're always, you know, like Black Scale or... Well, because they're Shind- Shindabach or something like that. Yeah. But no. Or in Game of Thrones, it was Drogon. Or Betty, as, or as, you, as you've settled on. But why that, though? Oh, I think it's... I think that, weirdly enough, that derives from the idea that the royal family were reptiles. And so Elizabeth gave way uh, to Betty. Oh, okay. I think right. that's what that was. Okay, all right. Um... I mean, Fuck it, Betty. I would say, yeah. say, say, to be fair, I mean, the TV, the the kid show was Barney the Purple Dinosaur, so Betty just checks. Yeah. <laughs> Barney's, a, I don't know, a bit less parochial than than Betty. Weirdly enough, because they're the couple in the Flintstones, aren't they? Barney, oh, yeah, Barney Rubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, or Betty Crocker. What's her name? <laughs> Rubble, yeah. No, no, it was Betty Rubble. Well, presumably. Oh, yeah, it's, it probably would it's be, wouldn't it? wife, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They're not living in sin. Okay, ignore me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I mean, Draco, Drogon, Dragon, shit like that. Like, yeah. That's what they should be called, right? Mm. Well, what do you think the perfect name for a dragon is? Bernie Cinders. Bernie Cinders. Yeah. Is the dragon a socialist? Yes. Okay. And that's what's so great about the name. Not only <laughs> is it a pun, right. but it implies character. Yes. Because dragons hoard their wealth, whereas... Uh, socialists don't they spread the wealth okay so it's a com- he's conflicted Bernie Sinders or it's like an I- irony yeah it's yeah. ironic yeah, yeah so does he hoard his wealth or is he a socialist dragon well, is I, that what separates him from the other dragons I always assumed that he was conflicted he was conflicted yeah like he knew like oh I am a dragon you know I must hoard my gold yeah but also my name is Bernie Sinders <laughs> yeah. yeah my parents for some reason yeah call me that but dragons are ancient right so he's older than Bernie Sanders so yeah. Bernie Sanders is named after the dragon oh yeah he would be wouldn't he yeah yeah, yeah. well not the same typical socialist just taking everything taking everything yeah yeah that's good yeah Bernie Sanders Bernie Sanders what got you on this particular train of thought how long did that take you to come up with well I've had this in my head since like episode 16 Okay. I think I was you're gonna, waiting for an organic. Yeah, yeah. I was genuinely. It's like, oh, I was in. I was. <laughs> He's waited twelve episodes. <laughs> I was. Uh, yeah, I was just in the spa. Like this was like in in the in the in the throes of full lockdown. Right. I was just walking around spa, and that popped into my head, and I laughed out loud in to the yourself. shop. Yeah, in the shop. Bernie's like, oh, I'll bring that up on the podcast. But we've always had shit to talk about. Yeah. So now that we don't, it's Bernie Sanders' time to shine. <laughs> okay. And none of you even laughed. <laughs> well, it's not a you laugh. You just kind of smiled and went, okay, explain yourself. <laughs> well, it's not a laugh out loud joke, is it? I, th- well, I thought it was. <laughs> I think, okay, I think if it occurs to you, like, oh, what a silly thing I just thought. Yeah. You might laugh out loud. Yeah, yeah. I do that a lot. Mm-hmm. I think thing will occur to me. Uh, there's something the other day, I can't remember where it was now. But yeah, and I'll just laugh out loud because like, why did you think that? Mm. I think if you're explaining it, it it's, I mean, it's wordplay. So it, yeah. it, is, it is a clap. Mm. joke isn't yeah, it yeah, yeah. oh well done mm. I can't imagine anyone guffawed at <laughs> Bernie Sanders and if they are they're probably retarded oh dear okay <laughs> right <laughs> I mean they're smart enough to understand the wordplay mm. but if you're like hooting <laughs> you know <laughs> at Bernie Sanders yeah you probably need your head checked I, but I, I okay. concede it's good okay I'm not trying to detract from the, the well you have 
whether you meant to or not. You I mean, you just have. told him he needs to go and see a yeah, doctor. Yeah, you basically just called me retarded. I laughed. <laughs> no, I laughed. I, laughed I, when I clarified I that if you thought of it and laughed, that's okay. It's right. anybody else that. I see. Okay. The, everyone else is the problem for a change. I see. Okay. Um, for change? Yeah. Okay. I thought we slagged off everybody quite regularly. Yeah, but I'm all about like taking personal responsibility. You know what I mean? <laughs> a nice noise. It's like, oh, first yeah. time hearing of it. <laughs> yeah, is that skepticism in, that I detect? No. Oh, come on. <laughs> part of the big guns. <laughs> That's what's great about it. Is it, is it if, you, if you're reading the transcript of this, Eddie hasn't done anything wrong. No, no. But purely in his voice. Yeah. You're just fucking with him now, Eddie. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I did it again. See? I said, okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to get paranoid about that. Now. Yeah. We're not going to be able to record this episode, are we? Because no. we're all just going to be like, don't Too say the thing. Don't say the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> you want to talk about a film? Oh, we're jumping into that. We'll are jump we? into that. There are no... Why not? There are no floaters. There are no... That is a floater. That is a floater? Well, it depends how dense your... All right, we'll postpone it. Okay. Uh, have you heard there are aliens now? Are these the floaters? These are the floaters. Because I have a name for the Literally, floaters. Literally, because they're UFOs. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You heard of them aliens they got now? <laughs> yeah, down in that London. Yeah. No, I have a name for... If this is going to become a recurring segment where it's just like, you know, tidbits and... I have a name for the segment going forward because you've right. uh, taken to calling them floaters, yeah. which we've proven is a divisive issue on this I don't podcast. know. We haven't taken a poll. Like, only... Do you think it's poop? Of poop, rather? Well, it made me laugh. Okay. You think <laughs> And as we know, only poop makes anyone laugh. Poop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or the word cock. Or the word cock. Poop and cock. Or yeah. the poop cock. It's anal sex, you must be hilarious. <laughs> Just was like, ah, look, what's going to I'm going to poop on my cock. <laughs> There's something funny about I- something as innocent as poop next to the word cock. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to poop on my cock. profane. Yeah. Prof- I'm going to have excrement on my dinky. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't quite work. I, 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 I don't know if I can say this on the podcast. I've well, you have to. Yeah. You keep doing and, this. That's something I do yeah. say. I, no, because it occurs in my mind as like a, a tangent to that. Right. Um, and then I'm like, can I say that? Because it's not something to do with me. Right. Right. Just don't name names. Yeah. Um, no. So my mate um, had anal sex for the first time right. this year. Mm. Um, and like... He was hammered, but he insists that he, sure like, he, was. He, he, he like he was like, oh, I don't, I, you know, I didn't realize I was putting it in the, the wrong hole, essentially, as yeah. he would say. Right? Did um, they? Did the other person? Uh, well, they were both very hammered and seemed to just go with it. Right. Okay. Um, so I feel like the other person would know first yes. if it was in the wrong yeah. hole. Yes. Yeah. Um, but he he said that the only reason he knew uh, was because all of a sudden he could smell baby poo. Baby poo. Baby that was poo. like the that was like the smell he like resonated with. Is this the story going to get dark? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You know what, Eddie? Maybe you shouldn't have said this. Or, if this is no, where no, it's no. going, they're, they're, they're both going. in their mid twenties. Okay, your friend wasn't having anal sex with the baby. No. Okay. G- good. <laughs> good on him. It's not like you, you know. I, not I, everyone I, is Ian Watkins, you know. I, I think that's like an undivisive. We can all agree that's that's probably a good thing. It's not yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. well. No, hang on. Yeah. What's a good? Thing? We just disagreed with what's each a, other. What's a good thing? Not having sex with babies. Okay, right. That yes. is a good thing. Yes. Yes. I'm saying having sex with them is not on. Yes. Just to clarify yeah. to, for the, to the litigators. Yes. Um, but yeah, that, no. But he said that was like the the smell he noticed was like 
but he equated the smell to a baby poo rather than just poo. And I was like, right, but you've all just told us this. Yeah. That, like, Do you like, know you've said that out loud? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Okay. Are there? Yeah. I didn't know the poo smell different the older you got. I think it does smell different. I mean, I I, I know I, different I say, different I mean, types different person to person. Well, no, different yeah, types yeah. of poo smell different. Like a like a meaty poo smells different than a vegetable. It smells poo. like meat. Yeah. Yeah. It smells different than a vegetable poo. It smells mm. like vegetables. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. did we get onto talking about shit? <laughs> yeah. Well, thing. I, yeah, obviously it differs person to yeah. person, and and it differs uh, intra person as well as inter, doesn't mm. it? Like your own poo smells different depending on. Yeah. Well, know, everyone has a different diet, don't mood. they? So it's all informed yeah, by exactly. yeah, different factors. Um, but yeah, I think there is a distinction between baby poo, okay, and general poo. Right. General poo sounds like a. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah. Poo sounds like a Chinese, uh, yeah, <laughs> a warlord. General Pooh. Lieutenant Pooh on on the deck. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, there is right. What well, what's the word for a baby's first poop? There's a word for it because it's all the gunk from you know a memory. Uh, they poo a memory. <laughs> no no no. Like it's like oh, a baby's first poo. That's like a memory. Oh a memory. I see. Yeah. I see. No, there's there's a uh, I don't know if it, I will go for. Do a I have to? Effect. Do I have to Google? Please do. <laughs> uh, name name for baby's first poo. Let's go incognito. Yeah. It's, it's all the in utero gunk, isn't it? Coming out. Right. It's not albumen. That's egg white. <laughs> yeah, that's a different, <laughs> that's a different yeah. thing. Uh, meconium. Meconium. That, okay. Yeah, that's right. Well, I didn't even know that word existed, let alone what it was. Well, you know. So. Sam's lexicon can also incorporate pre-existing oh, can it? Uh, terms. I see. Okay. That's not Sam's lexicon, though. No. Aliens exist now. Oh, did they? Yeah. Okay. Have you heard about this? When did this happen? Recently. Okay. Uh, so there was. Have you guys seen the Navy? The, the videos from the Navy, the three videos of unidentified flying objects. No. So I think news of it. I don't know whether it was leaked or something. Was doing the rounds, and then they just made it public to clear up any misconceptions. Was the the term they used? Okay. okay. Uh, and you know, it, 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 it's not you know, you always expect to see something close encounters shit on these videos, and mm. obviously it never is. But, you know, it, it is just this, ob- like, disc thing in the middle of the sky, and it's moving in a very bizarre, anti-gravitational kind of way. Okay. Um, and it, it's kind of not corresponding to the wind, so it's kind of going against the wind. And right. Shit. It's kind of weird, but it's not, like, majorly, oh, my God. Hmm. Uh, and then there's, like, a video of this tiny white speck, like, shooting across the atmosphere. Yeah. Things like that. But it has recently come to pass that this like UFO unit at the Pentagon mm-hmm. whose job it is to investigate this stuff I guess they are making their reports public okay. uh, which they do every few months I think or every half a year um, I'm just going to read you the story that's on the Independent uh, a Pentagon UFO unit will make some investigations public as ex-advisors suggest that quote vehicles not made on this earth were placed in US government storage the team will update the U.S. Senate's Intelligence Committee on its unidentified flying object research every six months. Uh, publicly named in 2019 as the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force, the Pentagon unit succeeded an investigative UFO program that was said to have disbanded prior to 2017. Uh, one former official, Eric Davis, told the Times that he briefed the U.S. Department of Defense in March about the retrieval of, quote, off-world vehicles not made on this earth. Rice. So there's this thing that's coming out about they found these vehicles and there was this guy called Bob Lazar. I, I want to kind of slot in here that I don't know 
how valid all this is, mm. but it's being talked about quite a bit. Okay. Mm. More than this usual UFO nonsense is. Yeah. 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 This guy called Bob Lazar who in the 80s came forward and said that he worked at this kind of secret research lab and his job was to reverse engineer spacecraft, basically. Right. Off-world vehicles. His job, they would bring in these ships or whatever and his job was to try and figure out how to build them, you know, from the yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he was like debunked and said you're, you're nutter and all this sort of stuff hmm. but basically everything he said nothing he said has been disproven now that's not to say that you know that's good cause for belief hmm. but like the place he worked there, there, there are all these little indicators like there's no record of him anywhere of even having been born right and he kind of was a whistleblower with all this stuff and mm. he was just kind of cast aside hmm. but now it, it sounds like what he's saying is true okay so it looks like on this planet there are off-world vehicles not made <laughs> right. on this earth. So if you thought the year was already quite weird, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to, to be, to, to be fair, was there was a point earlier in the year I can't remember what was happening in America, but America did just turn turned around and just like try to hide whatever was going on. But went, oh yeah, by the way, here's a picture of aliens. Right. And, like, <laughs> I, it was yeah, just a picture of like a, a picture of like a UFO yeah. in the sky. And it, but it, like that seemed to be their like tactic was like oh yeah like distraction a- a- aliens exist yeah god you know it's some, it must be dire when the distraction is yeah there are aliens <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's bad when the distraction is all right so area 51 that thing we've uh yeah we, all right so you were right um <laughs> all the conspiracy theories they, they're all right okay they're all correct um i kill jfk um <laughs> just like, um so what do you guys think about all that stuff generally speaking well it's a bit yeah I don't really yeah. know I, I still don't even though there's like a, like an official document that implies mm. that there are at least you know not off-world beings but there are off-world vehicles presumably built by off-world beings you think I don't quite believe that I know it's hard to believe isn't it yeah it seems like it'd be the biggest well it'd be the biggest thing ever right mm. literally everyone would be talking about it yeah yeah it is the biggest news ever yeah yeah Although I I do I mean I I do quite like the idea I've yeah. always I like it is a thing in the back of my mind I've always gone well surely we can't be the only yeah. people but I did also have in the back of my mind that if like say we meet an alien I don't believe they are going to look like every stereotypical oh no no no, no and I, I'm just yeah. imagining the like you know we're walking down the street and it's a it's just a guy called Dave who looks exactly like us right but actually he was born on Mars or something like that I think that's a stretch no no but like you know they look (laughs) fairly similar okay I don't know the only only thing with that though Eddie is that look at planet Earth look at the 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 range of life that exists on planet Earth you have humans and then you have like giant squid and then you have giraffes like one planet has produced all of these different organisms so the likelihood of an alien from another planet looking like us yeah. is no, so it, minuscule. Yeah. Oh you know? yeah, but like it just—I think that would be a really funny image if, like, you know, someone lands. They're from a different planet. We're waiting for this massive yeah. reveal. Yeah, waiting massive real like someone with three the heads. Cosmic crackers. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, 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 just and, <laughs> <laughs> they're just a guy who walks out. It's like, yeah, something. Well, you—that's the thing. It's it's so like within the realm of science fiction that you just can't envision it ever happening that a craft would land mm. and they would emerge and we would meet and try and communicate. It's just so bizarre. I feel, if that ever happened, my mind would just kind of break a bit. It's like, yeah. this is happening. Yeah, yeah. Mm. There is genuinely, yeah. This is really happening, you mm. know. 
Um, well, like, I, I think I said when Paul came out yeah. that, like, if it turned out that there have been aliens, like, on the planet for a long time, and actually that's where, like, they've, they look like that because they've been advising mm. The, mm. the people for, like, ages, you know, turns out E.T. was legitimately... Yeah, based like, on... Uh, based on... Yeah. You know, I'd be like... Oh. I don't know. I'm, like, sceptical about that they're, they're here already and all that sort of thing. I've always thought that billions of infinite galaxies and planets mm. that at least one of them somewhere must have the necessary prerequisites for life mm. and I have heard and read a lot since then that basically debunks that intuition mm. it's like I know it seems realistic yeah but, but, like, but like the, the, the percentage of us existing is so minute exactly it couldn't possibly be replicated right yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, just life mm. anyway so the, even though the intuition is it must be somewhere like you know logically not necessarily mm, yeah. and probably not but at the same time it's not one of those things that I just think that I write off as completely yeah. impossible yeah if if it turns out that there have been UFOs you know visiting this planet from time to time for whatever reason I would be open to it I'd be open oh, to yeah. believing it That's, the thing that scares me though is that most people wouldn't be open to it right because that's the worry isn't it like if aliens turn up then presumably they're more the fact that they've been able to travel to get here to get here that alone is indication that they are superior to us more advanced whether it's yeah, yeah mm-hmm. they're more advanced or superior intelligence yeah. whatever the case may be yeah um, so like obviously the the, the natural human, human anxiety mm-hmm. is oh what if they've come to pillage us right. or to invade us or yeah. stuff like well, that well yeah and I'm worried that that would like even if the alien had honest intentions right <laughs> we would be scared that they didn't so we yeah. would sort of trigger something that caused bad things to happen yeah, basically yeah, yeah. regarding the I alien. would love to see an alien in Ponty though a preempt yeah yeah <laughs> just an, a- a- an alien walking into the tumble you say that <laughs> as if, you say that as if not seeing like an American in Ponty is a novelty oh, yeah. Yeah. like literally anyone outside of Wales in Ponty is a novelty you did I met um, two Mormons mm. Salt Lake City Mormons were they right. lost yeah, but with, no. why are they in Ponty? No, uh, it was weird when I came to Ponty. Yeah, their church is like a few streets away. It's near this house, and you know, an American saying Ponty is kind of unacceptable. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we've been here in Ponty for a few years now, and yeah, no, I told bless, them, bless them, they don't know. No, I told them that I would meet them to have a, a further discussion about uh, their their faith because I, I enjoy those kinds of conversations. But I just just didn't go <laughs> meet me in an underpass um, and then I, I actually I was dry, I was in a car driving past it um, at the time I was supposed to meet them and they were there in the underpass waiting so I, I felt a bit bad oh. <laughs> but you Jesus. know oh well they thought they were going to convert not, not as bad as when the, the Ponty drug dealers turned up and beat them up for being on their turf no if you, no. If you made them meet under an underpass of all places Ex- yeah it's that underpass with all the murals yeah know? yeah um, yeah but I'm certainly like I, I'm wary of being just like a, a, a shit muncher or a cow chewing the cud here of like oh my god the aliens you know, yeah, yeah. without having done like any research into yeah, it yeah of course yeah um, but another thing that I read was this Bob Lazar apparently he speculated that the thing that would be necessary to fuel the craft that he was either working on or had seen or something mm-hmm. would have to be this like anti-gravitational element okay yeah, with a certain chemical formulation I don't know what it is okay basically since he speculated that back in the 80s that element now exists on the periodic table oh right it's element 115 on the periodic table okay so you know yeah it's like I see you saying it's sort of coming to pass 
so I, I don't want to be like but, oh my god yeah this could just be you know people in the know are like you're basically just like you're a truther you're like a 9-11 truther that's, that's the insidious thing about conspiracy theories isn't it it's not that they it's that between all the outlandish statements there is truth in there there are right. elements of truth in there uh, <laughs> if, not, not if, really. if not truth then yeah. plausibility okay well it's, it's it's that thing though with Area 51 mm. there's no smoke without fire Surely there I, has. I, I think that's a no, but I think I'm, that's fallacious, though. Oh no, no, but like yeah. I'm saying, with Area 51 in particular, whatever they are doing there, the fact that everyone has attached it to the notion of aliens and stuff like, if they're coming out and saying now mm. that there are vehicles from off-world, yeah, I'm I'm going to be like, right, well, that was that has to be the place. I don't. I think it was a different. He wasn't working there. He was working somewhere else. Like the, I can't remember the name of it, but mm. it's a, a very specific location. Yeah, in Area Fifty One, they say they test B two bombers or U two yeah, bombers yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I, I think I understand why where this smoke, this fire is a thing, mm. and it seems clever. But I think it's one of those aphorisms that increasingly just ev- evaporates on contact with air, because I think that's mostly not true. Mm. Any person who's ever been this is getting dark. Any person that's been falsely accused of rape will tell you that that's a, a completely bullshit mm. thing. Mm. No, yeah, you know what no. I mean. Yeah, yeah. And I think most situations people say where they smoke this fire, like no, not necessarily. Yeah, there are loads of contributing factors to something. You know, mm. um, like nine nine eleven was an inside job. What is the fire? What is the smoke there? Other than other than the building, the inferno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus, that's not not very classy of you, no. Sam. Was it? <laughs> I didn't. Come on now. <laughs> what what you know? What is the, the okay? Let's just go it's with it, the I, US today. The, I, I think the I think the um, the two main things that I remember is that it gave America an excuse to go into the Middle East, which mm. is something they really wanted to do. Yeah, but they couldn't. So by well, basically they, like, they were looking for a reason sta- to go in. Yeah, the by Middle staging East, an act of war. Yeah, it gave them an, it gave them the excuse. To I go don't in. know that they were looking for a reason to go into the Middle East. I think I th- the the supposition is that they really wanted to go into the Middle East. Okay, and this was their way of doing. This it. is just what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, all I'm saying is I don't think uh, a prerequisite condition, uh, a precondition, was that America before that were really looking to go okay. into the Middle East. All right. I think that's what people have said after the fact. Yeah. Well, I will say, uh, yeah, I don't know about America. I think England were... Looking to get into the Middle East. Well, like with troops. Uh, no, no, just to... Well, because they wanted a, oil. Oil, that's, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. Um, but I think that I think that was an English thing. I don't know about America. Yeah. I think yeah, that was yeah. already an established thing. For, but yeah, for, they, they, for they wanted to go there and this was their way of justifying it. Yeah. But yeah, and that, the there's that, yes, yeah. there's that. And the other one is the way the towers fell. Like no yeah. natural demolition would cause that to happen. Because they, because it was yeah, such, a, it looked saying. like such a controlled demolition. Well, it's the burning point of steel that always gets brought up. Yeah, like it wouldn't, it just wouldn't burn. It but I mean, like, a, a surely fire. they would have planned for this when they were building the buildings, not for a nine eleven. But no. if these buildings were to ever collapse, they would probably design it so the buildings would go straight down, mm. so as to not damage any of the buildings, buildings in its past. Yeah. Well, I mean, like it's a hundred floors high. If it fell sideways, it'd wipe out streets of yeah, buildings. Yeah. 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 But as I said, like taking like Grenfell for example. Mm. I mean, that was down to a cladding that they used cheap. Yeah, yeah. But if it it turned out that 9-11, it was legitimately that, mm. but it turned out that the buildings hadn't been made with something proper. Yeah. And that that was the reason why they felt like they did or whatever. Mm. That, that I can I could completely believe that they just botched making a building. I would doubt that a building as, uh, buildings as kind of monumental as the Twin Towers were done on the cheap. 
But no. I know what you're saying. Like, the, if mm. if it was if it turned out that the reason it happened the way it happened is because of a um, design flaw, a design flaw, yeah. rather than oh, we're deliberately demolishing this building. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can the, I can see that. Yeah, I, I, I like. I, I get all that stuff about oh it's a bit scary you know they they wanted to get oil and therefore this and blah 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 blah. It's more like any questions should just completely debunk that. Yeah. But it just doesn't seem to. So like with the my grandfather's one of these people right <laughs> unfortunately. I think I think we talked about this in the podcast before but a lot of conspiracy theorizing comes from wouldn't it be cool if life was like a film mm. and the government was behind all this shit and you know whereas the truth is the government is just kind of incompetent. Fly, you know, we're all in agreement that planes flew into the towers, yeah? yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. let's go with that particular conspiracy theory that does allow for that. Okay. Because some say there weren't even any planes. Yeah. Well, what? Either that there weren't planes and Americans. they were holograms. This is real <laughs> shit, right? This is genuinely okay. real shit. Holograms. Hard all- light holograms that would destroy a building? <laughs> yeah, well, right. So bombs inside, but timed... At the same time, the holograph. Right. I know. Okay. It's out there stuff, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. There's footage of the planes. I know. I know. Doctored. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but so is the moon landing. So, so is the moon landing. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, but, like, okay, let's go with the idea that the planes did fly into the Twin Towers. Why would you bother having controlled demolition at the bottom? Yeah. It, it, do one of the two because you can still have the controlled demolition that brings the towers down say oh the bombs were planted by terrorists yeah but mm. a plane is less um, deniable it is but if you're going to or you think people are denying yeah, it clearly but don't do both if you're going to have the plane well, fly no, no, that'll you, do you would do the, the bombs would probably be like a fail safe right but did the, the build- plane will be enough to destroy the tower oh it wasn't oh thank god we planted okay, those bombs let's yeah. say that the end is that we want to justify an invasion of well, it was actually Afghanistan, which was a justified invasion. Yeah. But then it was later Iraq. Okay. We want to somehow get to Iraq, okay? Yeah. Which 9-11 wasn't even used as, as a justification for. That was WMDs. But anyway, we want to get to Iraq for the oil. We therefore need to stage an attack on US soil Yeah. where we can blame those people. Yeah. Why did the towers need to come down? A plane, two planes flying into the Twin Towers and the Pentagon mm. and wherever the other one was going to go. Yeah. That's enough. I don't need the, the towers to have come down to have gone, we need to go into Iraq now. Mm. That would done me. They killed thousands of people. Yeah. They'll do. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't need to have the controlled demolition. I, I the, Also, the thing with, with that idea, though, is, like, I'm not being funny, a lot of people worked at the Twin Towers. Yeah. Someone surely would have fucking seen some demolition stuff lying yeah, like around. Yeah, in the, in the basement. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. They paid off everyone who worked in the World Trade Center. You say that. That's some of who, I know, some I know. Of, that's why I said yeah. it the way I said it. Yeah. Some of whom willingly died. For the cause. For the cause, yeah. Yeah. They do do that, though, to be fair. They do do that. Like, they couldn't keep Bill Clinton's affairs a secret. Yeah, that's my always go-to. That's my go-to thing. You know? <laughs> two, two people can't no. keep something a secret. No, but it, I it, expect hundreds or thousands. Yeah. Of my, 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 my thing, like... If you're going to look at all this, like JFK, Lee Harvey Oswald probably did it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. JFK is a fascinating one because it's doable, but the odds are so low. Yeah. You know? What now? Uh, the fact that Leo, Lee Harvey Oswald... Lee Harvey Oswald making Don't that Don't study show. his name. <laughs> <laughs> that man is a hero! <laughs> Killed the best president we ever had. Um... <laughs> Yeah, him making that shot is so unlikely, but it is doable. Oh yeah, but the, well, I mean, you know, but I mean, if I'm, you're a sniper, yeah, 
Yeah. But he wasn't, right? Was that one of the things, one of the conspiracy they, theories they must, is that he's a, he was a terrible shot? But they must have, he, like, he, trained he, yeah, him. Yeah, he was a terrible... The idea was supposed to be that he was a terrible shot. Yeah. So the likelihood of him hitting it was what made it more implausible. Yes. But, I mean, every terrible shot, generally speaking, will hit a bullseye once. Yeah, yeah. the law of probability stop, stop. will eventually yeah. be on your side. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I think... Like, it was just it was really on his side. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, but like I think because they they talk about like Jack Ruby is someone else, mm. and there is the the theory that those two knew each other, mm. and I think that is completely plausible. I do think that that is plausible, but I also think when it comes to JFK, given the amount of people that they suspect, it, it, it with that, I think people knew where he was going to be, mm. and I think there was a, it was the kind of place where enough people could have easily all planned to do it on the same day. I, I do think it's possible that there were multiple shooters in waiting. Yes. Yeah, I don't see how that is that far The grassy knoll, right? The grassy, yeah. That's a suspected, yeah. the actual kill shock him from the grassy knoll. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see how that is. Because you would. Yeah. You have other backups My, my favourite theory was that it was his wife. And she just shot him in the car. Oh, that really? is my okay. favourite theory. It's any and everything. These people. <laughs> this is really mind, is. Never mind the, the fact that the car was open top, and yeah. that anyone, everyone, would have seen her car- get out a gun, yeah, and, like shoot him. Yeah. My my favourite one is Red Dwarf. That episode of Red Dwarf, which revealed that JFK shot himself. <laughs> <laughs> like they go back in time. What's the story? The episode is like they run out of Vindaloo. Because do, do either of you know Red Dwarf? No, okay. very loosely. Well, the, it's the basic setup is there's this uh, they're they're on this mining this mining vessel in space. This guy, as punishment, goes into suspended animation. Mm. But there's like this attack or something that wipes out the crew, so he's left in suspended animation for millions of years. Comes out, he's the last living human being, mm. and his companions are an ans- a descendant of his cat, which has evolved into a human. Um, right. The a hologram of like his boss that he hated, and this robot that they pick up in series two. That's the basic set of the Red Dwarf. Okay. Now the human Lister, he loves Vindaloo's. That's his like running thing. He's he's curry mad, and they've run out of curries, so they decide to go back in time to get more curries for him. Right. And they end up in the what was the name of the building that Lee Harvey Oswald was in? I'm not sure. It was we, the book depository. The book, book depository. That's it. Yeah. They go to that building and accidentally knock him out the window. Right. So JFK never dies. Right. And then it shows a future where JFK lives where his affairs came out and he was disgraced and he was sent to prison. Yeah. So they take JFK back in time to shoot himself. Okay. So that he still... <laughs> so that that future still happens. Right. Uh, uh, that's, that's such a funny idea. Yeah. So aliens. <laughs> so there are aliens now. So fuck, fuck our world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we might be on the brink of, you know, uh, war with another. Oh, it's been a cheery old <laughs> This has been the conspiracy theorists. It feels, yeah, <laughs> conspiracy corner. Yeah. It does feel like, in a way, an inevitable outcome of 2020, where things just keep ratcheting up. Like, you know what? Yeah, there are aliens <laughs> and they're coming to kill you. That was the meme for the longest time, wasn't it? That was 2020 it? will end with aliens. And, and it, 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 it may very well, by the looks <laughs> of it, yeah. At, yeah. at this point, if we don't get an arc where all the animals go on two by two by the end of the year well everyone's there's an exodus everywhere everyone is moving mm. so the people I follow uh, I mean I don't follow this person I want to specify that but I, it's because I read the article today you know Tommy Robinson former head of the EDL yeah, yeah. of the what? EDL the English Defence League okay you don't know anything about this uh, the EDL is a how street- do you not know who Tommy Robinson is? that is odd um, I, I, I don't know I just sit at home <laughs> 
playing Sonic games and editing podcasts. That's uh, life. Yeah. Enough, that's why. Yeah. Top, the EDL it was a. It's still going, but it's a, a kind of street protest movement against. Where, where did he live? Tommy Robinson. Luton. He lived in Luton. Right. And Luton has been. It's now a very Muslim area. Okay. And they were protesting, not Muslims, but the the culture around it that was kind of imposing. I see. That I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to get into all that. Yeah. But uh, that's what it was for. But it, it sort of started to become a haven for the far right nutters. And he stepped, he had a conversation with, you know, Majid Nawaz. <laughs> is that too much to ask? The name is familiar, okay, but I Majid, wouldn't be able to Majid tell you. Nawaz is a, a former extremist, radical Muslim who reformed and is now like the, the preeminent voice of moderating okay. and reforming Islam. Okay. Um, he and Sam Harris wrote a book together. Right, um, okay. Imagine Nawaz was recently in the news because have you heard about this thing that's happening in China? That they are sterilizing Muslims? Oh, no. Yeah. No, I didn't know that. Uh, I think the Uga, they're called Ugo Iger Muslims. It's right. a certain, uh, yeah. And uh, they're being shipped off in trains to be sterilized. Right. And no one's talking about it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so he went on hunger strike. It's happening again. Right? Why it's, are we not... Right. Yeah, why are we not doing anything? Because it's China. That? Right, okay. Uh, but yeah, so he went on hunger strike about that. So he's been in the news recently. Uh, but it has, to be fair, it has... It's now garnered some media attention because of that. Mm. And it's worked its way up to John Oliver. I think he, he was talking about it. Oh, okay. So that that's good. But anyway, um, to- Tommy Robinson had a chat with Majin Nawaz. Uh, and Majin Nawaz convinced him, you need to leave the organization you founded because it's not what you wanted to be anymore mm. and he did he stepped down okay. yeah. and it's still going but it's you know it's a far right kind of right. militaristic thing now yeah. yeah but Tommy Robinson has been the subject of attacks abuse he went to prison for something I think it was like tax related mm-hmm. um, or, or not turning up to court on t- something like that and they tried to murder him in prison Muslim <laughs> right. gang tried to murder him in prison uh, with the guards cooperation okay the guard led him into an environment where they could murder him. Oh, right. And he fought He fought them off and defended himself. But his house was attacked recently hmm. by BLM protesters. I see. And he went to Spain. He can't come back now because of the quarantine. Oh, right. Spain. But he's moved to Spain. He said, I've, I've, I've got to get out of this country because I'm going to be killed. Okay. So he and his family yeah. now live in Spain. Joe Rogan uh, and Dave Rubin are moving to Texas because Los Angeles is becoming a write-off. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, everyone's moving so there's like a mass exodus happening all over the world right where these areas that have just been completely let down by their mayors because they've let these people run rampant mm. uh, like I'm out yeah. people yeah. are tapping out and just moving so that's kind of terrifying yeah <laughs> well, it, I suppose this kind of ca- uh, covers like m- moving in a sense in terms of it talks about someone coming back to the UK right um, have you heard about the latest with uh, Shemina Began Began I know the one, yeah. Uh, no, I haven't. She, I know she's been allowed to come back. So, like, yeah, she's allowed to, to come to back and fight for her citizenship appeal. now. Uh, yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's this month. That's, yes. That's quite fairly recent. In, in, in this sphere, some, I was, we might as well throw in some good news. It was quite a while ago now, but you know uh, Malala? Yeah. What? You did. George, you keep up with everything. George, I live in a bubble and do basically fuck all. Right. I still know everything he's talking okay. about. Malala, you sabsai. Who's, who's Balala? I wouldn't go on that road. <laughs> Malala Yousafzai is a, is a young uh, Muslim girl who was shot by the Taliban 
in the head, I think. Oh, right. For seeking an education. Right. And she then became a symbol of women's uh, empowerment in the Muslim world. Oh, okay. She has recently graduated from either Oxford or Cambridge. Oh, wow. So that's some good news. Oh, okay. Nice. Okay. My apologies. Um, <laughs> Malala. Malala, are you satisfied? <laughs> didn't, I didn't mean to... <laughs> Besmirch your main like besmirch your main besmirch your you name like that. besmirching her name yeah um right should we talk about the film you want to <laughs> right okay I, I just I was looking at like the little photos I've got and also you just done like a nice like positive little thing yeah and basically all of mine are negative <laughs> that's fine this is the negative point but you said you had a name didn't you yes I, yeah I do yeah. have a name uh bite size John. bite size bite size okay b i t e s i g h s bite size one more time bite size no, yeah spell it out b-i-t-e yeah s-i-g-h-s s-i-g bite size b-y-t-e yeah C- computer podcast bite like a, no, well, like I mean, a bite no. yeah okay I suppose that works yeah. bite size because yeah it's bite size because they're like small yeah. I and mean, this hasn't been small no <laughs> <laughs> but they're like yeah. little nuggets of news yeah they're like let's mention this yeah and usually we don't approve of it. So bite yeah, size. Bite size. That's okay. The, that's the name of the segment going forward. Yeah. So it's a segment because I always thought this is this is all the stuff pre-segment. This is that we we I think yeah, we want to avoid now a segment. I know that's that. the problem. Is yeah. it goes on for so long, it has become a segment. I yeah. know that, but I think we want to avoid compartmentalizing everything because then there's like there's no breathing room. Podcast starts and you're like, and now bite size. I know what you're saying. Let me have this. No, sound. no, but do you know what I mean? It feels <laughs> like this should be the uncharted part of the it's, cast it's unofficially bite size it doesn't okay, have to be okay it's unofficially fine I'll use it as like the the, the chapter yeah but, yeah, but you title. can do that oh, fine yeah. okay we don't have to announce we're now in the segment bite. yeah okay because uh, so like with Lost for example which is often the point of comparison for me right um, so like in Lost you have these groups of characters mm-hmm. who whenever there's like the A plot they'll go off and on their track or expedition, expedition to resolve the A plot and they are unofficially known by fans as the A-team. Yeah. It's four or five characters. But that's never not in show. I see. Okay. So maybe it's like that. Okay. You know? Yeah. It's unof- yeah. Fans can call so it. So I've just given the fans the name that they're right. going to use yes. for this segment. Prescriptive. Right. Okay. All right. Well, the, our fans aren't going to come up with their own terminology. We're going to have to <laughs> insist on it. Yeah, go on. T- talk to us about the film. Okay. Well, you, you weren't going to do your... Your bite well, size. Well, well, I mean, I can, I, yeah, go on. Okay. Go, go, go through Eddie's first if they're a bit more. Okay. We will um, talk about this film. I promise. Yes, I'm not yeah. putting it off for any reason. Um, I mean, the like the first one is just a little thing, which is uh, to do with Coachella. Yeah. Um, so Coachella, Coachella's a music festival. Okay. okay so, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I genuinely don't know if you know. <laughs> no, right. So Coachella is a music festival. Um, but uh, an MS charity over in England. Mm-hmm. Um, That's multiple sclerosis. I know, Sam. <laughs> thank you. Um, they are doing a like at home festival and so I know it's when you're not at the festival okay <laughs> music festival is, is a thing where people <laughs> gather and listen to yeah um, so the, yeah so they're doing a like at home festival to raise you know money for the charity hmm. uh, and they called it Couchella right oh yeah okay um, yeah, yeah? Not, oh, yeah you know nice like little we appreciate puns on this podcast yeah, yeah. so we the Bernie Sanders podcast. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's a testament to that we are the um, however Coachella uh, the lawyer's for Coachella turned around and told them that they had to change the name right um, so it's now just the MS Trust Home Festival oh. 2020 um, because apparently the not the whole word Coachella but the cella part is trademarked by the company that right does okay tra- does Coachella which like, as like I get if like other artists like I 
I'm going to put it up to you. Uh, P. Diddy uh, tried to do what's called Coombs Fest, and that is Coombs with an N. I know, I know. With an an when you first told me, I, I did monsieur and thought that he was, you know, the idea that it's acceptable to use racial slurs if you are of that. Yeah. I think. But, yeah, it, but it, I thought you said something else. But it's P. Diddy, Sean yeah, Coombs. Yeah. So, yeah, it was Coombs Cheller is what yes. he tried to, to, to do. It's a, it's a bit unwieldy, isn't it? Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> And he wasn't allowed to. But I understand if it's an artist, particularly in America, mm. that's one thing. Yeah. But this is a charity, not necessarily even the biggest charity in the UK. Yeah. No one's getting those two models. Yeah. Copyright, I'm sorry. Copyrights are always a bitch. There's a video game that came out recently called Iron Fury. Mm. That's Ion. I O N. Yeah. It's mm. called I- Ion Fury. Ion, yeah. The game used to be called Ion Maiden. Oh, okay. But the band Please. stepped in and was like, "You can't call it Ion Maiden," even though they're a band. And yeah. this was a video game, yeah. and there was no connection between so the two. So, what, what exactly did they? W- was their trademark then? Well, Iron Maiden. They yeah, said yeah. your uh, name I is too similar. I, I think the whole name of Iron Maiden is trademark. Yeah, the whole name is. Yeah, a, yeah I'm sure it would be. But yeah. I think their ground was this is too similar, Anything and it will confuse even people. Similar. Yeah. Okay. Was that Hugo Boss? That was the big thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Hugo oh, Boss. Joe Lysa. Yeah, Lysit. Lysit. Yeah. Uh, almost. 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 You almost know a person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Boss beer in it's Welsh, I think. Yeah. 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 Boss. Yeah. Boss brewing. Yeah, Boss Brewery. And yeah, they sued, didn't they? Yeah. Um, Prey, that's yes. another one. There's a video game. There was a video game. There's a video game coming out, I think. Mm. It's in early access. I don't know if it's officially out. Uh, called Prey for the Gods. Mm. Uh, but there's a video game series called Prey, mm. and they sued them. Right. Because we own the copy- we own the copyright of the word Prey, Prey in terms of video games. So you kind of have Prey. So the game is now called Prey for the Gods. And so instead of P-R... E-Y... It's now AY. No, it was AY. That's the thing. The game is called Prey oh, right. P-R-E-Y. Okay, so and now, they were now called they... Prey P-R-A-Y. So now, they, even though it's more relevant to P-R-A-Y, it's like a pun. You are Prey yeah, that's the, the Yeah, that's yeah. the title. It's a play on yeah. words. Um, but because it was too similar to Prey, they couldn't use it. So they've now spelt it P-R-A-I-Y? A- no. P-R-A- P-R-A-E-Y. So that's horrible yeah it's terrible but they've had to do it in order to dodge copyright that's so, horrible yeah just two Y's or something yeah do you know if, you, if you're gonna do that like, well it's I mean, it's it's the fit both spellings in there isn't it to make I, it I, I think mean, to make it I'm clear. just gonna throw yeah. this out there we speak to the relevant people mm. we get fun trademarks <laughs> <laughs> ironically we're the ones to trademark <laughs> yeah <laughs> Because I reckon we could make some man cats and lawsuits. <laughs> just, just, just roll up to like a children's birthday party. Um, you, yeah, you can't Re- do this. Retrospectively, Sue Richard Curtis, like, four weddings and a fun roll. We, we want your back. Oh, yeah, yeah, every funeral yeah. home in the country. Um, I noticed your sign. Uh, you're going to have to change that. You promised fun. No, promised <laughs> Yeah, all that is stupid. Yeah. But I mean, shout, there's an ASM artist. That's what they call themselves. Yeah. That I listen to called Bohem and Challa. So would she be sued on these grounds? Depends how it's spelled. Like that. C H E double L A. Technically, yes, they okay. could do. So dumb. It's just odd when you think of places like Coachella or Burning Man having a team of lawyers. Mm. Yeah. Kind of, kind of goes against the hippie peace, love, and understanding thing. Yeah, it yeah. does. Sellouts. Copyright law <laughs> is brutal, though. Because that's the oh. problem. If you don't defend your copyright, copyrights are so rigid, there's no like wiggle room. Mm. But I think it's there's like a, a clause that says. If you don't defend your copyrights, you lose the copyright. Right. So if Iron Maiden didn't sue yeah. Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden, then they would have lost the trademark to the to the name. Mm. That doesn't make sense. Ridiculous. You know? That's like every every single brand. 
that's vaguely like yours, you have to pro- proactively yeah. well, seek out. I mean, it's like if you get a personalised um, registration plate. If you sell that car, yeah. but you don't claim the plate when you sell, sell the car, you lose rights to the plate. Yeah. 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 And then you have to buy and buy. I mean, that's, you know, I kind of understand that because the plate is now part of the car and you've sold the car. So I kind of get that. Yeah. But it's, it, it's the fact that, like, oh, if a video game, like, the possibility... I mean, pray for the gods... It's a tight. It's like three people. It's a mm. tiny development team. Yeah. Whereas Prey is made by Bethesda, which is a juggernaut in the video game industry. Yeah. So it is, you know, it's the big guy picking on the little guy. Yeah. But there is a possibility that they didn't want to sue them. Mm. But they had to in order mm. to maintain the copyright of Prey. It's ridiculous, you yeah. know. Do you ever think any of these films? So you know, like I don't know, the think of an example. Um, when Star Wars comes out, mm. you know, the the new one in the cinema. Yeah. Did they release that re- the cheaply made knockoff DVD in Tesco? You know, that's oh yeah, that's trying to look like it's Star Wars. Space Fighter. Yeah, mm. yeah. Or even like when the names are even closer than that. Mm. It's like, is this? Oh no, it's slightly different. Yeah. Do you reckon they're ever sued? Joker, and then they bring out the Joker. Yeah, it's like a something cheap like version. That. Yeah, yeah. Do you think they ever sue those companies? Because pr- presumably their whole market. You know, is people who bought the DVD on accident, right. basically. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's what they do. Yeah, yeah. It's it's that's that's the other problem with copyright coattails. is I think because the name is different, um, because the Joker is technically different to yeah. Joker, it's allowed. But what about Iron Maiden? Yeah, I don't. That's yeah, the thing. I don't. I don't. I can't quite yeah. follow. Yeah, all that shit. The exact, you know, mm-hmm. how you're supposed to conduct yourself. But, yeah, uh, yeah. They've um. Speaking of Star Wars, so mm. they were making a comic book of Rise of Skywalker, uh, which okay. is a, like an adaptation. Like it you bought like, for longer. <laughs> no, no, well, it's now been cancelled. Oh, good. That, that was the the sort of like update for that. Is right. that they've started cancelling some of the comics. Okay. That they're making, and that's one of the ones that they've cut. And it was just a five part way of extending. The film, it was basically. just an adaptation, but with more shit. You would, yes. Yeah, so well, it was yeah, probably different, different stuff. It was probably. Um, like a, like an adaptation of the film, but they would make an, they make a conscious effort to fill in all of the plot holes, like yeah. a novelization. So so when you have people like us who just watch the film, going, "Oh, this doesn't make sense," people can go, "Well, actually, in the comic book, yeah, they address this." Yeah, but that, yeah, to which the, you the, say, the, the, "Well, that's in a comic book." The first you, you part idiot. was the first part was supposed to be to do with something that happened early on in the film, and it covers up a plot to do with Kylo Ren or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, properties must be self-contained. If yeah. you can't get all your answers from the property, then it's not worth your time. Mm. So, but yeah, that was the bit on Coachella. That's Coachella. Um, and then the other like little tidbit I got is that they did Comic-Con at home. Mm. Mm. Um, so there's like a couple of things that come out of that. Uh, we've, got, we've had the trailer for True Seekers, which is the new... Yeah, Simon. Nick Frost, Simon Pegg. Uh, which they- I hadn't heard of at all until you brought it up today. Yeah. Oh really? Never even heard of it. Okay. I made him watch it. Yeah, I found it. I found it on accident, basically, because right. mm. it's the same with E three. I mentioned um, however many podcasts ago it was. Who mm. knows anymore? Yeah. Uh, but I mentioned that they did uh, instead of doing the E three conferences, they just released released a bunch of trailers online. And I think mm. I said at the time, I have no compulsion to watch those trailers. Mm. Like at the conferences, at least you're sort of carried along by mm. oh, this conference is shit, and then in between, yeah, glimpses of the yeah. games. But it's the same with Comic-Con at home. I felt no desire to look at any of the trailers or to follow any of the news. I have no idea. This yeah, is all I yeah. know. It's the Truth Seekers. Is, I, yeah. they, no, I mean, they haven't given it a release date. They've just done the first trailer. Yeah. Yeah, did they forget to put any jokes in it? Or is it just not a comedy? It, it's just... It, it's, it looks... Like you said, it looks nice. But, yeah. But it's going to be bad. 
I think most TV does now. I think yeah. I think it's noteworthy if a TV show doesn't look good. Yeah, mm. you know. Yeah, there's a bare minimum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Simon Pegg and Jessica at the time Hines wrote. No, at the time Stevenson, I think wrote Spaced, yeah. which is really good, mm-hmm. directed by Edgar Wright. I think Edgar Wright was like a script editor yeah. rather than writing. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Outside of that relationship, though, I don't think he's particularly talented. In what respect? I think, he's a de- I think Simon Pegg is a decent actor, and I don't think he gets enough credit on that front. Mm. He's not the best writer. But he's not the greatest writer without Edgar Wright. Yeah. Well, they're, they're the lesser two halves, the both of them, aren't they? Because you've got yeah. um, Star Trek Beyond. Yeah. Is that the one? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I like it. It's, it's fun, but it's insubstantial. It's an episode. Yeah. And then you've got uh, Baby Driver, which is very technically well done, but it's missing the heart of it, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I they, mean, Scott Pilgrim is not Simon Pegg. Yes, but um, the original author was involved in that. And so another I think, writer. And another yeah. writer. So I think that's what bolstered him. Right. Whereas Baby Driver is just Edgar Wright. Uh, yeah, written and directed by. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. His they, next they, film. They, 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 I would say, was it Last Night in Soho? Yeah. That would be the teller. Is it, it like that would be a teller? Is if how oh, he yeah. does? Oh, if if, well, if this is the trend of Edgar Wright only scripts. Well, I, yeah, it's not. How, that's the thing. That's the point I was going to make. Is that it's written with someone else? It's oh, him okay. and another writer. I see. Okay. A, a young woman. I think she's young. Uh, she had no credits, and then she wrote 1917 with Sam Mendes. Oh fuck! And okay. she's written Last Night in Soho with Edgar Wright, and there's an, another project with similar pedigree. Right. She's just come out of nowhere. Yeah. And all of a sudden she's got these three credits. 1917, it's not a it's not a, a, a writer's film. No. It's not a scripty film. No. But it's still a decent, like, outing. You got with Sam Mendes. Yeah. 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 Oh, Eddie, are you looking at what the other project is? I'm looking at who the fuck she is. Christy wilson Keynes is her name. The fuck does she think <laughs> she is coming out here just doing all these films? Uh, was she was involved in the staff team for Penny Dreadful in 2016. Okay, so that's how she knows Sam Mendes then. So I think he produced that. Yeah, the trailer for Truth Seekers. It was mainly Nick Frost, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. Weirdly enough, when Eddie told me, oh, there's a trailer for a new Simon Pegg Nick Frost comedy, I pictured what Simon Pegg's hair would look like. Okay. And it was exactly what I pictured. Oh, really? Trailer, okay. Which is kind of bizarre, like a blonde kind of... Yeah. Uh, the, the other one is she is co-writing the Star Wars films with... Uh, the Star Wars film with uh, Taika Waititi. That's right. Okay. Right. <laughs> She's got... <Yeah. laughs> they at least do, like... You get them doing, like, an indie project before they jump to Star Wars. Like, you've got, you know... Um, what was his name? <laughs> I, I'm not a psychic. You usually know these things. I usually go, what was his name? And you'll say the name. You're good at are, that. Are you thinking of... Um... Yeah, that guy. <laughs> uh, the bloke who did... Chronicle. You thinking of him? Oh, he's an example. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He did Chronicle, this indie film, yeah. and then all of a sudden he was doing Fantastic Four. The, the pair who did uh, Captain Marvel, I think th- they did Half Nelson, which is a Ryan Gosling, even indie for Ryan Gosling standards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they did, uh, I think, a film called Mississippi Burning, which is an indie with Ben Mendelsohn and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. And then they did Captain Marvel. I think David F. Sandberg is another example, yeah. where it was just tiny, tiny horror films. And then and Shazam. Then, and then Shazam. Yeah, that's a, that is a trend. Show me you can helm. But she seems Ryan to have even kind of did that. Yeah, Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Well, he did Breaking Bad before, so it was a bit. Well, he did, he did Brick, then a film that no one has seen, then Looper, which is like big budget indie. Yes, and then Star Wars. Yes, and, um, then, and then we got Knives Out. 
Which I think is, as he's doing Star Wars, like, fuck, I need to do something good or my brain's going to turn to mush. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I forgot my point. That you bring up the, this guy who, who made that leap from indie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like David F. Sandberg and all yeah. those kind of people. Uh, but this woman seems to have missed that step. She, maybe, she's just doing big shit. Maybe now. she's o- operating at such a high level. 1917 was her indie. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe, you know. Uh, yeah, the trailer looks a decent looking. I predict it's going to be terrible. Is Nick Frost writing it as well? Yeah, it, it, so it's, it's by Peg and Frost. Okay. So, Paul, that's our uh, barometer. And it's in that, and, and it's that kind of vein. It's because realm, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, from, well, from what I can gather, it's like Nick Frost does a YouTube show. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, where they go hunting in like abandoned locations and stuff. I've watched a bunch of these guys who go, what's it, urban explorers. Mm-hmm. You know, and they go to abandoned hotels yeah, and stuff. Yeah, so I've seen those. I like that stuff. Mm. Uh, that sort of thing. Weirdly, in the thumbnail, he's wearing a hat with Smule on it. Okay. And Smule is the app that I use where you record songs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know what that's about. Uh, I don't know. I, whenever, whenever I see, like, you know, bigger projects, like yeah. reference YouTube content yeah. or web content, it's always like, oh, stop it. Yeah. Just cut it out, you know. I'm assuming that Simon Pegg, they're not doing the typical we're best bros thing in it. Yeah. Because they would have foregrounded that, it feels like, in the trailer. Yeah. I'm guessing Simon Pegg is someone in the world that Nick Frost is investigating. Mm. They become friends. That's nice. They're not doing that shtick. Yeah. But it's going to become that shtick. Yes. And I like Simon Pegg and Nick Frost a lot, but when they're directed by Edgar Wright. Yeah. Yeah. Then again, it wasn't that shtick in Slaughterhouse. Slaughterhouse Rules. I haven't seen Slaughterhouse Rules. Okay. Well, it oh, wasn't that shtick. No, I have seen it. That's how bad it was. <laughs> I have seen Slaughterhouse Rules. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Sheen's good in it. You know. Okay. What <laughs> is that? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, he plays the headmaster, doesn't he? Right, okay. But yeah, okay, so I'm going to go on to the other thing that came out Do of uh, the Comic-Con at home. Uh, Zach. Schneider, Snyder, 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 Snyder. Schneider. I'm gonna call him Schneider for the rest of his life. Is that a? It's, it's not there. Is it's that a like... Woking thing? Going shh instead of. <laughs> it's it's just in my, in my head. I thought he was Schneider, so it's just okay. Stuck. Yeah, stuck. Um, he came out to talk about the Justice League, uh, Snyder yeah. cut. Oh joy! Okay. Uh, in which he has confirmed that nothing Joss Whedon did, uh, will be in his version. Right. right. So all of the fun stuff. Wow, wasn't just <laughs> brought in to complete the film? Yeah. Yep. He's going to complete it his way for free. <laughs> okay. What does that mean? I don't there, know. There are going to be reshoots. So. I, I don't know. Um, but he's going to complete it his way for free and he's going to use nothing uh, the Joss Whedon shot um, because right. he said he would rather not make the film than use someone else's footage. Right. He's pure. He's a pure artist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wanker. <laughs> I mean... It's still so gonna be I'm, shit. I'm gonna assume then they filmed a bunch that when Joss Whedon was brought in, he's like, right, because these things weren't resolved, I've got to write different scenes yeah, and re- end it differently. I'll, yeah, I'll mm. reshoot and do this. But So presumably there's a lot in the can that just wasn't used Yeah, that he's now gonna use. So they filmed an ending then? I guess. Yeah, I assume so. So when he says he's not going to use any of the stuff that Whedon did, yeah. he's not going to use any of the footage they shot? He or... says any of the footage that Joss Whedon shot. Okay. So I'm if... going to assume there's nothing that Snyder or whoever wrote it wrote that Whedon filmed. I don't know. Whedon just filmed his own written content. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to use any stuff he did. I don't know whether. I know the Justice League is. It's a mix of Snyder and Whedon shots. I know that. But I don't know whether he's like. I wrote the stuff that he filmed. We're not even using that. Mm. You know? Or whether it's just the stuff that Whedon wrote. Yeah. I don't care. We talked about so much. I would like to just. In fairness, I think it's been a couple of episodes since we touched on that kind of content. To give you the exact. Like the quote that he gave it was there would be no chance on earth that I would use a shot that was made prior um, or after I left the movie I destroyed the movie I would set it on fire before I would use a single frame that I did not photograph uh, that is a fucking hard fact <laughs> so Aaron saw was that a mistake when you said I wouldn't use any shots prior to me leaving the movie or does he say uh, no no he says prior uh, after oh prior uh, I was going to say prior or direct, after it was that's quote. all the shots yeah, yeah. <laughs> no they're no, prior, there are no shots. I will no, pri- not, use, I will not him- use anything that was filmed before I started filming this film. No, 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 prior to him leaving. No, prior to him leaving. Yeah. Okay. It- so everything before he leaves and everything he after yeah. he left is everything. Is everything. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically just his way of saying he's not using anything. Just right, okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. When Aaron Sorkin left the West Wing after season four, and whenever he speaks about it now, it's always like, I wish them the best and... You know, I have I haven't seen any of the stuff they did, but I always I thought you know, I, I wish them the best of luck. I think if you if you watch the the ending of season four of the West Wing, mm. which we had, George, yes, there's a bit of scorched earth going on there. Oh yeah, like he's not completely fucking it up for whoever comes in next, but he's making it very difficult for them. So season obviously the West Wing is about the White House mm. and the president and all his staff. And season four ends with his daughter is kidnapped. Okay. The president's daughter is kidnapped. And because he's just not in a position to be making executive decisions, he resign, temporarily resigns the presidency. And at that point in the show, the vice president has also resigned because of a sex scandal. And so the presidency is given to the speaker of the house, who is a Republican, because okay. that's the chain of succession. And that's how season four ends. That was his way of going. Come back from that cunt. Yeah, <laughs> right. And it is good. It's not like done lazily or anything. It's no, like no, no. properly yeah, well yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. But still. Yeah. And he said that when season five started airing, he watched like ten minutes and said, and I couldn't watch anymore. It was like some- watching someone make out with my wife. <laughs> now I don't know how sincere that mm. is, but at least that's Aaron Sorkin. Yes. Yeah. It's not Zack Snyder. It's not that. You know. It's not Zack. You know, Snyder. someone yeah. who can actually take pride in his work. Yeah. yeah, I think he said that Larry David called him after he left the West Wing. Right. Larry David was uh, the the showrunner, basically, of Seinfeld. It was him and Jerry Seinfeld. And he left Seinfeld, uh, like, season six or something like that, um, and never looked back. Mm. And he called Aaron Sorkin and said, you can't watch it. Okay. Because it will either be great and you'll hate it, or it'll be terrible and you Larry David yeah. the guy from Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yeah, so yeah. he then went on to do Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. Uh, anyway... All that to say that yeah. Zack Snyder does not have the right, <laughs> yeah, to, especially denigrate a superior filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. You know. um, and then yeah, the final thing for that was that we got confirmation uh, of just some release release date changes, which that's been a theme, obviously, in cinema recently. Yeah. Is, that, is it just is it just them assuring us things will come out? We promise. Yeah. Uh, well, so di- well, Disney have assured people that things are coming out, but Mulan has been 
Uh, oh. de- delayed indefinitely. Son of a bitch. And so, so has the French dispatch. Do you know what I went okay, when I went to see? Yeah, 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 that is genuinely yeah. a disappointment. <laughs> so, yeah, they both, but it's I, because I, they're I, trying to work out their schedule now. I genuinely thought the French dispatch was going to be one of, if not my favorite films of the year. So yeah. to know that it's, I not, agree. I saw it. Yeah, it's it was like probably original screenplay out. winner. Yeah, yeah, I will love this film. Yeah, when it's just not coming out. Not coming out now. anymore. Yeah, um, I, like I've said before, Wes Anderson's increasingly one of my favorite filmmakers. Yeah. Thing with the French Dispatches, I would wait three years if it meant uh, that it didn't come out of VOD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know that, what you're that's saying. the thing is they push that neither of those two will come out on VOD, yeah. and that's why they're doing it because they're trying to work out the schedule. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, I remember going to see. I think it was Rise of Skywalker with my father, and they played the Mulan trailer, and then the trailer ended, and they immediately played the trailer again. So the- <laughs> okay. that's how keen they were Too for bad. us to go see Mulan yeah. and now it's not even coming out um, I mean they, they've confirmed that Avatar's been delayed again but Who that, that, shit? that well, gets delayed yeah, that'll never come yeah. out you know? um, god well, do you remember when the fuck did Come, come Fly With Me out, come out the TV show yeah 2010 do you remember when do you remember when the one of the running gags with one of the characters was Avatar 2 is nearly out I can't wait to see Avatar yeah, 2 yeah. and that was like 10 years 10 ago, years ago. Well, it was, it, it was due originally to come out in 2014, and we're now talking of <laughs> late 2021 or 22, I think it is. Yeah. Um, what, what, I get that it takes so long, I guess, because of the visual effects stuff. Mm. It's not going to be good, is it? There's no way it's going to be That's good. the problem, They've though. They've shot I'm... more than one. Like, well, yeah, yes, there's three, four, four coming out. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. The, well, no, but that's the thing. So they've shot four, mm. but two and three will de- like, are like definite in the schedule. Yeah. But if they're not well enough received and 4 and 5 are just never coming out I mean I'm looking at this through the prism of video games admittedly but when projects last as long as that typically a lot of the time is spent just catching up to modern technology rather than mm. making the most of it yeah. this is like one of the like the game that I think a lot of people would think of is um, Duke Nukem Forever which mm. took 13 years to come out mm. and most of that was them switching engine uh, switching like engines yeah. and having to update to the next generation of console and by the time they were done with that they had to update again and again and again. It's, it's not having a deadline as a writer. Yeah, the absolutely. Redraft. So like How, Avatar, like that's the thing. Avatar is probably going to be using effects that were cutting edge five years ago. Yeah, yeah. By the time it'll it never out. end if you're doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, it, everything moves so quickly technologically. Yeah. But and the thing is, I get that James Cameron. He's a pioneer in terms of visual. Effect. Like he's invented cameras oh yeah yeah a lot a lot of like you know visual effects have come from James Cameron movies that's fine I would just say then do that for a living yeah because if if you're trying to make films and like the technological upgrade is a byproduct Mm. of that Mm. but the films always end up being that Mm. it ends up being that visual thing yeah Uh, and that dates it obviously because Avatar looks you know it's not impressive at all now no no um just focus on do pioneer new technologies for film. Mm. Don't make films. Or do what you used to do, like with Terminator 2. Right. You do both. You make good films yeah. and you pioneer visual yeah. effects. I, I just don't get how the scripts can be yeah. so bad. No. At no point did a producer read an Obtainium and go, fuck you. It's like, <laughs> did you bring up Goodwill Hunting on the last podcast? I think or the so. One before? Like Affleck and Damon, uh, they got the sense that producers weren't reading their scripts. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the script so they put a scene in about a very graphic gay sex scene to see if they got notes back on it and they didn't yeah. was that James Cameron's graphic sex scene I'll put an, an obtainium in <laughs> to see if people are oh shit it went through I'm gonna have to do I'm this now, do it now. Yeah. Yeah. come on like yeah, 12 man. years it took to make that film. yeah and the script was a dog shit yeah yeah, yeah so we've got those Tenet has a new date 
26th of August now. Yeah. Okay. Um, Do we trust it? Well, this thing, that that's the uh, the UK date. Okay. Uh, but it's the date they've given it now, having worked out a date, having initially postponed it indefinitely. Right. So this is kind of like, right, we're, we're going for this in terms of UK, 26th, mm. Canada's the 27th, America is then the 3rd of September. So they're giving time. Um, <laughs> get it first. Um, so yeah, that's that's Tenant. Tenant? Tenant. Yeah. Uh, we've got... David Tenant. Um, it's palindrome. <laughs> we've now got uh, confirmation that James Bond is coming out this year. Okay. November? So, so November the 12th for the UK. Yeah. Um, it's the 20th for America. Ha! <laughs> um, but they have brought that bu- f- forward by five days right. because everyone knew there was an announcement because they kept talking about it how it was possibly going to get delayed until next year mm-hmm. um, and then they went no 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 it's still coming out in the UK on the same day and it's coming out earlier in America what a okay. weird like weird thing to do oh no it's not coming out next year in fact we're going to bring it forward two days just yeah. to show yeah. you or however many days um, yeah you <laughs> bring it forward what's, five days what's changed what are the rules because as far as I know like Los Angeles recently went into another lockdown, I think. Yeah, oh, right. they've come out of it again. But so Conan O'Brien has been doing uh, shows, you know, over doing over Zoom. But then yesterday they were back in the studio with the whole audience. And oh right. Yeah. So what's the what are the rules? Yeah, I don't know. It's what, exactly what we thought it was going to be, which is no one fucking knows, and so people just get bored. Like let's just go back. Yeah. And mm. you know, on our, on our heads be it. Yeah. We'll take yeah. the risk. Yeah. Yeah. You know. It's been such a clusterfuck, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Los Angeles could afford to lose a few people, couldn't they? It, it could. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. Uh, and then the final uh, date of any importance um, is... A- <laughs> After is that, it- nothing important will saying- ever happen ever Are you again? saying that because Los Angeles is a majority Hispanic city? Oh, Sam. I'm asking. Are you stitching me up like that? <laughs> Go on, Eddie. Um, it's April 8th, 2022, and it is the sequel to Sonic the Hedgehog. Have we... Does it have a title? Uh, it doesn't. It's just Sonic the Hedgehog 2 at the moment. Okay. Go on, George. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, like, it's all the Sonic news. I'm sure we'll keep doing it. We'll drip, drip feeding it. Yeah. Breadcrumbing it as it happens. There's nothing to say other than it's just like a countdown. It's like the... Uh, the Doomsday Clock. The Doomsday Clock. <laughs> it's like we're now at 15 minutes to midnight. Yeah. And then with each bit of news, there'll be one, you know, yeah. one tick, one minute closer. But yeah, go on, George. What well, do you think about well, Sonic Despite Hedgehog? your efforts, Eddie, I won't be baited. <laughs> Just because it was good. Don't know. <laughs> you won't be You're baited. baiting me. Don't. <laughs> um, you wanna, if you want to get out of this recording session by tomorrow, yeah. you will you will you will cease your baiting. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, George, we all know you're gonna go and see it in the cinema. I'm not gonna go see it in the cinema. We were gonna go see the first one in the cinema. Yeah, and a great flood came down and stopped us. <laughs> rightly so. Yeah. So what's going to strike us down when we try and make you go for the podcast? Well, aliens, Chinese or aliens, one yeah. or two. Because yeah. that, that, that's the way we get George to do things. We go, our job to do it on the podcast. Yeah. And then George will go, oh, I don't want to go and see I'll it. just I'd- watch the illegal cam footage version of the film. <laughs> it's a great, see it in the quality which it deserves. Which will have filmed. It's a great <laughs> leveraging tactic that we've all discovered, isn't it? Mm. Like if we just want the others to do something, <laughs> yeah, just like, say it's no, going to be I, a I, podcast. Yeah, I, I said, yeah. I said, like if you want me to watch something, tell me we're going to record it, and I will put it to the top of my yeah. list. Have, like, you watched, been, have you watched Hill House yet? Nah. Well, then you didn't, Eddie. You don't <laughs> you do that. You didn't tell me to watch it for this podcast. I did. I said we were going to do. Oh, Hill House. Yeah, but that was not no. No, so not in jest. I, no, I, I thought that was in jest. Okay, we'll talk about it. Halloween. 
So just watch it for Halloween. Okay. Well, the next one will be out by then, won't it? Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. Blind what, Manor. What, the next podcast? <laughs> the next episode of the podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the spiritual... Because it's anthology. So yeah, the okay. next season. Yeah. Uh, some of the same cast. Yeah. Listen, I've been bristling increasingly with rage because we keep having to talk about Doctor Who. Yeah. But it was my idea. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck them. They made me do it for the well, podcast. Like, I talked to you but about... I, my, I, I wasn't even about on the, the first episode. It was great. I know. Yeah. I took, like I've talked to you about the show in the past, but I'd long since given up the. I was going to try it. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. I was. I'll never ask him. Yeah, I'll just bring it up. But you were like, "I'll watch it." I was like, <gasps> <laughs> yeah, I thought it would be good for the podcast. <laughs> I mean, it's good. It, no, to be fair, given everything that's gone on this year, it has at least given us something to focus to on. Focus yeah, on. in a yeah. way, it's sort of fortunate that we've had but, shit but, to talk about at yeah, a time when nothing's happening. There's been no happening. fucking films. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of films, then I'm done with mine. So, okay. George, okay, we'll finally get to the film. <laughs> having brought it up four times. This better uh, be an awesome exposition that you're about to get. <laughs> Oh dear, no pressure, no pressure, <laughs> no pressure. Um, okay, so the film I wanted to talk about is Tread. Have either of you heard of Tread? I've heard of uh, Treads. What's that? This has nothing to do with this. Go on. Okay. I, I, I've only heard. <laughs> Did of it. you just mean the word treads? No, no there's, another, there's another film called Treads. Okay. Um, I've only heard of it because you mentioned it. Right. Okay. I'm going to say two things to you now. I'm going to ask you uh, if you've heard of either of these things. Have you heard of Marvin Haymeyer? No. Is he an internet person? He's not an internet okay. person. Uh, okay. Have Is you... he a nonce? No. <laughs> you got to cut that out. Eddie. <laughs> That's a bad habit. And you know he's not a nonce. I don't know he's not a nonce. Right. So but I think generally that's, that's a bad habit to have, Eddie. What, oh, nice. this is my girlfriend. Oh, is she a nonce? <laughs> so what's, what's his name? Uh, Marvin Haymeyer. So the official position of the Fun Filter podcast is Marvin Haymeyer could be a nonce. <laughs> well, he's not anymore. If he ever was. Oh, he's dead. He dead. Okay. The second thing is, have you heard of Kill Those a Day? No. Have you heard is of Kill Those a Day? No. 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 Eddie, don't look it up. The whole point is that I'm telling you what this yeah. is. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, Shut the laptop. I was looking up Marvin Haymeyer nonce. <laughs> see if he was. Okay. Apparently not. Okay. No, no. Does it just... say that he's not a nonce? Or is it just no suggestion? Yeah, there's no suggestion. like those previews of articles at the yeah. top, it just says in like bold black, Marvin Haymeyer is not a nonce. This is the whole yeah. theist argument, is prove that God doesn't exist. What? <laughs> How? Yeah. Go on. Right, Okay. The film that I want to talk about is Tread, which is a documentary about the events that involve Marvin Haymeyer and Killdoze a Day. The two things you just brought up. The two things I just brought mm-hmm. up, yeah. Uh, I mentioned like a couple of episodes ago that I like joined Reddit. And yeah. I mean like the podcast subreddits, because I was gonna promote Fun Filtered as, as as good as that has turned out. As a whole. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've also found a podcast through um, the podcast subreddit's called Alternative Interests. Shout out to them. Right. Um, it's a true crime podcast, and they did an episode on Killdoze a Day. Like you, I'd never heard of it. So I listened to the episode, and it's quickly becoming one of my favourite true crime stories ever. Right. It's I, I think it's like a great little story, because it is a story. What are your favourite true crime stories? Well, the Killdoze a Day is up there. Um, I... <laughs> Ed Kemper isn't a true crime story. No. But I like, like, because he said that he was, obviously he killed who he killed. Yeah. And then the police started to catch wind of what was happening. So he went on the run. Yeah. 
but the police never suspected him. Mm. I don't even think they knew he was on the run. Right. So he just called up the police and went, I'm guilty, come and get me. Yeah. Like, that's fun. Isn't he, he the only serial killer that's displayed contrition? I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, what are some of your true crime, favourite true oh, crime man. stories? Um, stories. I'm into my serial killers. I think, yeah, we're all into serial yeah. killers. So it's, it, well, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I'm into cults. I like cult stories a lot. Oh, yeah. So I think like... What's, Jonestown. What's, Jonestown. I think yeah. that would count as a yeah, true crime story. Yeah, a story. Yeah. Drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's quite a, quite a story, Jonestown. Yeah. Do you have any favourite true crime stories, Eddie? I, I, I'm not sure I would know what classified as something I've seen. That... What, what do you... Do you like ever read up on... Do you ever find yourself on Wikipedia reading articles about certain things? At times. At times. Mine, invariably, is cults, killers, or world, something to do with World War Two. Those right. are my three big... Okay. And I like American history. I love reading about um, the Founding Fathers and the Declaration mm. of Independence and all that. Yeah. Those are my four big pillars. Mm. And then you've got... They're not true crime stories, but you've got stories like um, that uh, girl who was found in the water tank in the hotel. Yeah. I don't know what they would be called. I guess that's a true crime story. Or just, or just a true mystery? Mysteries, yeah. True mystery stories. Mysteries, yeah. yeah. Like, stories like that are really compelling. Yeah. But in terms of just a true crime story, straight up true crime story, mm. this is becoming one of my favourites. Okay. I don't want to... Say, yeah, like Ted Bundy, I watched up on him. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I said, I don't know if killers... Like, what killers do count as true crime stories? But just saying, like, oh, I like Ted Bundy. Yeah, he's a true crime yeah. person. Like, yeah. But, like, I, I've watched documentaries on him. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, the podcast that they did on Killdoze a Day, it's like an hour and a half long. It's incredibly detailed. I don't want to do like a a bastardized version of that on this right. podcast. So I'll just kind of say, um, I'll give a little bit of background on Killdoze a Day so that we can talk about the documentary. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Mar- Marvin Haymeyer, I keep saying Martin, it's Marvin. Yeah. Correct me if I say Martin. Okay, Marvin. It's Marvin Haymeyer. Uh, he was this very, very talented welder. I think he was like a welder in the military or right. something. Um, was he a sapper? What is that? Mechanics in the military. I'm going to assume he was. Okay. But his talent specifically was welding. He mm. was brilliant at it. So much so that he moved to tiny, tiny town America. It was this place called uh, Granby. 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 Okay. Yeah, Granby, Colorado. Yeah. Uh, there's like a thousand, two thousand people living in this town. It's a tiny town. Mm. He moved there and be, he basically opened like a, a repair and a muffler shop. Right. And he was like known in the area. It's like, oh, you, you, if you, if you want like a muffler or if you want like a, What's the thing they put on the front of snowmobiles? A plow. Yeah. Not not a plow. It's like a bar, basically. Right. I don't know. Okay. But yeah, if, if you, you, you know, you got to have one of Marvin Haymeyer's yeah. thing on the front of snowmobiles. Yeah. He's a he's a wizard. Yeah. You plow widget. You plow yeah. widget. Yeah. And after he moved to the town, Marvin Haymeyer started to, um, tensions started to form between him and various people of the town. Mm. The land that he opened up his business on, I think that land... There are people. There are like billionaires who live in that town who own like a construction plant, basically, um, and they wanted that land, but he outbid them for that land. Right. So Marvin Haymeyer says that after that auction, the guy came up to him and started like you know screaming at him, it's like "How fucking dare you!" Whereas the guy claims that no such exchange ever took place. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of that because as these sort of circumstances uh, continue on, where Haymeyer is doing things that he claims like, "Oh, the town is like fucking me over. I can't believe they made me do this." There's often evidence to show that this is sort of Haymeyer's fault. Right. So, for example, um, he didn't have his business uh, 
like it wasn't going the sewer wasn't going into the mains or the, the waste wasn't going into the mains yeah. because that would allow him to interact with the people that he had land disputes with right. and he'd have to attach to their sewer system right so he would dump his sewer on the land or something so whereas he thought he was avoiding like oh those people hate me so I'm avoiding them the town were going you can't dump your sewage right there's like a moment where he went to the bank to cash a check because I think he called up this business Oh, he he called up, up these people to come and look at this construction plan because he thought that the uh, the vehicles were parked on his property. Mm. So like, oh, this is illegal. They can't do this. So they came to look at the property. Everything they were doing was up to code, but they found that everything he was doing wasn't. So they ended up fining him instead. So it's like a kind of self-perpetuating comedy of errors. That's pretty kind of much, yeah. yeah, that's mm. pretty much what happened after he moved to the town. Right. And like the check that he took to the bank, I think it was to pay off that debt. But the check bounced. So I yeah. think his debt increased. Right. So he went to complain to the bank and it transpired that he'd misspelt the money. Right. Because uh, you have to write the money in as well, don't yeah. you? And he misspelt it so the check didn't go through. Mm-hmm. So it's all of these situations that were building up and building up over time. Ironically, Snowball. If you want, yeah. Um, oh, because Snowmobile. Exactly. Yes, yeah. I know this story more than you and yet you're <laughs> the one making the jokes. <laughs> you're, you're taking me to school on the yes. issue. Sorry. I don't mean to. Okay. No, it's all right. Okay. If it makes good podcasts, yeah. then it's fine. <laughs> I'm you fi- can't make jokes if it's my area of expertise. <laughs> I'm finding the poetry in what you're saying. Yeah. It takes okay. an outsider, I think. Okay. All right. So, yes, uh, Marvin Haymeyer, um, after like a year or so of events like this happening, he's not a happy bunny. No. So, I think what he ends up doing is he sells most of his land, most of his assets, and he buys this like massive bulldozer Mm. he then spends years basically transforming this bulldozer into a like 60 80 ton tank Mm. Mm -hmm. that he then drives through the town of Granby destroying the property of everyone who has ever wronged him (laughs) alright sounds like a (laughs) it's great it's like genuinely like because there's um, it was on the news so Mm. there's like news archive footage Mm. of the killdozer going through because it's called the killdozer yeah I don't know if he called it. I had some Kilo, image so. of like the reporter, like here in the town of Granby, Colorado, and it's just in the background, <laughs> bulldozing a Building house. Like, yeah. yeah, like <laughs> crumpling like paper under the weight of this yeah. bulldozer. But that's the thing, like police officers were shooting this bulldozer with like 50 caliber rifle machine guns. No, <laughs> n- no difference. Didn't okay. make a difference. He's gone truly him. postal. Oh yeah. Like they're trying to take him down. Yeah, properly take him okay. down. He was... Um, like, they, they were placing, like, earth movers in his path in order to stop the killdozer. He was just pushing them over. Right. Like, that's... Like, he was an incredibly talented welder. Right. And the killdozer is a testament to that. Because I think the armor was, like, sh- uh, steel plates sandwiched between concrete. Yeah. So it was, like, incredibly heavy armor. And he had, like, a fifty caliber machine gun on the back. And he would just fire at people who were trying to take him down. Did he kill anybody? No. Okay. That's the incredible thing, is that... Was he, he trying to kill anybody? Well, that's the thing. Some people say no. Okay. They they think that, like, um, he only wanted to destroy the property. There are some people who genuinely see Marvin Haymire as, like, a... A hero is a strong a, word. A victim. Yes. Yeah. There are people who say, like, oh, he, you know, he was taking the system down a peg or two. The he people, was a terrorist. He was a freedom fighter. Yeah, the people who yeah. fucked him over, he was taking his revenge. And then there are some people saying, this dude was insane. What he did was terrible. It's um, it's the Breaking Bad complex, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I get it. I get why yeah, he's doing exactly. all that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a lot of theories going around that he did not intend to kill anyone. Mm. He only wanted to destroy the property. The machine gun 
that, yeah, yeah, that's a bit of a yeah. That, that suggests otherwise. Also, another interesting thing about Marvin Haymeyer is that he recorded tapes of himself talking. Right. I think these tapes total like two and a half hours in length. And it's basically him. I think the idea was that he was a friend recommended that he record himself speaking mm. as like a for therapeutic reasons, basically. And then these tapes very quickly end up becoming him a manifesto yeah talking about what he's going to do yeah. and why he's going to do it it becomes very clear in these tapes that he's a believer in God because he says like multiple times I don't want to do this mm. but God is making me do this there are like there, he talks about for example okay. the shed that he modified the killdozer in which existed long before he bought the bulldozer mm. the top of the roof no the top of the door frame was only just high enough to accommodate for the killdozer so it fit like perfectly in the shed mm. so he said like how can that not be a sign of God? That my shed on my land just so happened to be the perfect size for me to build this machine. Confirmation bias. Shit like that, exactly. Yeah. Well, okay. Okay. Well, he sounds like a bit of a nutter, obviously. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, it was all sort of, maybe this man is just so at the end of his patience that people do crazy things. But when you start bringing in the God stuff and God wants me to do this, that's yeah. when it starts to get... Okay, maybe he's like there's a religious ecstasy. He's really he really it. leans into it. There's one tape in particular which really stuck with me where he talks about um and this is the thing, I think this is like definitive proof that he was intending to kill people. Because he says that every now and again God orchestrates massacres to remind people not to step out of line. Yes. Like when when people want to do want to behave badly to others, they remember a massacre. That's why God orchestrates massacres and that's why he's telling me to do what I need to do. When people say God told me to do it, it's very rarely not homicide. Yeah. 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 God told me to knock down a shed. Yeah. It's not, it's not, no. the, it's not the same as God told me to yeah. raise this town. Yeah. Well, a couple of things. A, you should give Craig Charles a ring. <laughs> that's, the, <laughs> that's the first thing. Because this belongs on Rome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, secondly, thank God, ironically, that this dude is, is not a member of ISIS. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or doesn't, you know, subscribe to a larger ideology. Yeah, that he was just a lone nutter. Yeah. Because, yeah, like his... Like, they... It, we'll move on to the documentary now, because the documentary mm. is of the events surrounding Killdozer Day. And everyone says, like, the Killdozer was... They'd never seen anything like it. Mm. The the killing... Not the killing spree. The destruction spree ended when he was demolishing this building, and the Killdozer fell through the basement because of the sheer weight of it. Yeah. So he couldn't move. Right. So he shot himself in the head. He killed himself. He killed himself, right. yeah. It took them basically 24 hours to break open the, the killdozer. Right. That's how heavily armoured it yeah. was. Insanely well built. Yeah. But yeah, the documentary, the reason I want to bring it up is because whenever anybody recommends a documentary, mm-hmm. the first thing I always ask is, is it a good film or is it good because of its subject matter? Yeah. I would say that Tower and Touching the Void are two examples of documentaries that are good despite their subject matter. Yeah. They are good films, period. Right. Doesn't matter. The, the topics are incredibly interesting and they keep you engaged, but the film is good regardless. A good uh, kind of taste tester is if it makes you interested in something you had no prior interest in. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah like everyone would be interested in um, the events of Tower, you know? Because yeah. it was like a, it was a school student who went crazy and he was sniping people. It right? wasn't a student, but yeah, it was... Oh, I was just a guy sniping I think it's just people. just a guy, yeah. A guy sniping people from a clock tower. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's an interesting... That's instantly compelling. Yeah, exactly. It just so happens in that case that it's also very good. Yes, exactly. Whereas Touching the Void is two people climbing a mountain and then one of them 
injuring himself on the way down. Yeah. And basically not making it back. Yeah. He almost never makes it back. Yeah. Like, that's compelling because it's human struggle. Um, Amy... I, I didn't really have any interest in Amy Winehouse, but that documentary yeah. made me interested. Yeah. I, I, montage of Heck, I, I never really know because I think that's a great documentary, but I really like Nirvana. Exactly, yeah. So yeah. it's hard for me to tell you. No, know? I, 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 mean, I mean, I like Nirvana as well, but I do yeah. think the montage of Heck is a great documentary yeah. regardless. Really well made. Yes. Yeah. Tread is a perfect example of the other side of the coin. It's a documentary that is elevated by its subject matter. That's what I kind of imagined it would be. Yeah. You know? I, yeah. Because I maybe part of the reason is it requires no glitz. Like maybe, someone yeah. just telling you that story is kind of enough. Well, I think it's 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 very low budget yeah. from what I could tell. Because most of this documentary is either like interviews with people who are connected to the Killdozer situation mm. or it's slow motion B-roll of the town. Right. That's basically the entire documentary. Do they play any of his manifesto? Yeah, they play tapes yeah. over the top, but it's over slow motion. Right, right, right. And then, like, the, the last third, maybe the last quarter of the documentary is reconstructions of the um, the rampage. That's something really kind of dramatically interesting, uh, or, like, theatrically interesting, is the idea of someone recording a self-help diary yeah that becomes a manifesto mm. I will really I haven't listened to all of those tapes but I genuinely I, I will do yeah you know yeah just to listen when you because you listen to him in the documentary and he sounds just like a guy he doesn't mm. sound disturbed he doesn't sound yeah crazy he sounds like a person yeah he's angry but he's rational but he's rational almost yeah well it's, it's kind of witnessing the devolution isn't it mm. there's that um Bjorks or Birk however you pronounce it her um obsessed fan yeah. who ended up uh, committing suicide yeah. if you watch all of his uh, tapes you see a man spiralling yes you know? yeah, yeah. and it's grim and it's morbid and it's prurient and it's like maybe we shouldn't be watching this yeah. but that's what's compelling about it oh right? absolutely yeah I, I mean when's the film going to be made that's the question this is so cinematic yes you know someone's yeah, yeah. got to make the film yeah someone, I mean the, the documentary this is not someone out there <laughs> Anyone, it could be anyone. How much do you think the rights would be for that? I don't know. Um, not yeah. to the. Uh, I'm going to say the beyond our budget. Probably. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, a packet of biscuits is beyond my budget. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> a packet of biscuits, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a still image. Yeah. <laughs> it's that video, um, uh, waffle falling over. It's five seconds of a waffle on a counter, and then it just falls over, and the video yeah. ends. It's that, but cinematic length. <laughs> yeah. This time he gets cream crackered. <laughs> okay, so do you recommend the documentary? I don't think I do. You don't? No, because like I said, the... the, the um, but you recommend the podcast. I definitely recommend the podcast. I think the podcast is better at telling the story than the documentary. What came first for you? The podcast came first. Okay. Because they mention in the podcast that they use the film as a resource for their research. So I immediately went and watched I the film. Watch this. Yeah. And but, I was th- thoroughly let down by the film. So the film doesn't contain any information that is not in the podcast. No. Uh, nor is it worth... It's not a visual spectacle. Not really. The only uh, thing that the film has over the podcast is it shows news footage. Yeah, does it show like, the, the tank? It shows the tank. Yeah. I mean, the tank itself was uh, obviously dismantled after the massacre. Yeah. Or the, the, the destruction spree. Yeah. But what they did, in order to avoid people collecting trophies and basically you know rebuilding the tank yeah it was like like seven or eight different people took like pieces of it away and destroyed it in private yeah. so there's no trace of the original tank but they do recreate a practical version of the tank for the reconstruction 
which is impressive, mm. but then very quickly it just becomes CG. Ah, okay. It becomes like cheap CG and... News CG. Yeah, and like you, most of the destruction are like sound cues off screen. Mm. So the, the, the budget clearly can't... It's admirable that they tried, but the budget mm. can't accommodate for that kind of reconstruction. Well, I, I love stories. A, stories that are about a lone individual against uh, the collective mm. um, in one way or another. I love stories like that. And I love stories... It's basically Taxi Driver about isolation driving someone into utter... In a way. Oh, yeah, violence. that was the other thing. He had a cabin up in the mountains by himself. Yeah. And that's where he initially formulated the plan right. to build a killdozer. Yeah. And I think a lot of his tapes were, were recorded in that cabin as Yeah, well. this this was God's Lonely Man. Yeah. Who then went out on, you know, it's the end of Taxi Driver. Yeah, you know, definitely. I love stories like that. So I will definitely listen to the podcast. Mm. Again, it's that thing of I've been obsessing over monologues. Yeah. Is yeah. the podcast that like a person just telling you the story or is it... It was then unbeknownst to the fun-filled turds that, that uh, Eddie's microphone stopped recording. Um, massive apologies on our part. He is still audible. He is still picking up on my microphone and Sam's microphone, but he does sound uh, much further away than the rest of us. So apologies for that. Is yeah. the podcast that like a person just telling you the story or is it... Essentially, yeah. It's two people, but yeah, one of them is sort well, of delivering the information yeah, to Okay, I'm done with that then. The idea of Say you're, he's recording the tapes. The idea of that being a stage play to me, yeah. set in the cabin. Yeah, just a, a lone individual kind of going, going around, insane. You see him like recording the tapes, planning it out like he's got like a whiteboard or something in the back, yeah, just planning yeah. it out like this. Yeah, that would be fun to watch. It's a stage. good, yeah. It's instantly kind of you can see it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's incredibly well, you know. Yeah, and that's what I love about it as well is it is genuinely a story because, like you said, it is that descent into madness. Yeah, but the thing that caps it all off for me is that in that tape where he says God. Um, orchestrates massacres people have to do a massacre every now and again because Mm. people need to remember this massacre so it teaches them a lesson the day after the killdozer incident Ronald Reagan died right and so the news was buried that's why no one remembers Marvin Haymeyer and that's the tragedy of it all he did this to be remembered and no one remembers him yes he did it so the incident would be remembered it's the tragedy of him as a person yeah, yeah, it's like, not the tragedy of the situation. Yeah, like circumstances beyond his control. Basically, like this story was buried. Nobody I mean, you're saying as compelling a character as he is coming across as. Obviously, we don't condone anything he did or anything. No, like no, that. of course not. So it's one of those situations where, yeah, the tragedy of him as a quote-unquote character mm. is that the whole reason he did it, you know, it wasn't achieved. Yeah, uh, but for the world, that's a good thing. For it's the world, a it's a good thing. Don't remember but this is of... the story of Marvin Haymeyer. Marvin yeah. Haymeyer, good or bad, is the protagonist of yes, the story. And the, and the protagonist lost. Yes. Yeah. 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 But, you know, like, we don't want to remember the names of high school shooters, you know? No, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I get you. Yeah. I will. So, obviously, we've you basically told the entire story, really, in short. In, in brief, yes. So, and I, I do feel a little bad about that spoiling it because that's one of the I think that's one of the reasons it stuck with me so much is I knew literally nothing when listening to this podcast yeah they didn't even give away that the killdozer existed right right so it was a genuine shock because I thought like oh maybe he'll try and kill a couple of people I didn't think he'd build a tank yeah and destroy a town so are we we're recommending the podcast A to flesh it out but B it's a story well told it, yes I would say it's a story okay. well told they they do a good job of like establishing context for the story yeah I think the first 10-15 minutes of that podcast is basically them just kind of talking about the town yeah. and sort of giving background on the players that will come into play in the yes. story. Whereas the documentary is straight into it. 
Mm. Like, almost immediately, we're at the auction. And, like, you know, Marvin Haymire was at this auction, and this guy came over and shouted to him. And you're like, oh, okay, I don't know who these people are yet. That's the best kind of story. Like, we really don't know where it's going. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that I've I've robbed it of that appeal. Yes. But I still recommend it. I think it's it's a brilliant truth. So what's the name of the podcast? The name of the podcast is Alternative Interests, and I believe episode seven is the Killdozer episode. It was then, unbeknownst to Jordan, that he erroneously claimed that it was episode seven. It was actually episode nine. Um I think just in a moment of mischief my brain just supplied me with the wrong information. Um it might have had a couple more moments like that actually. I think it took 12 hours to break into the Killdozer, not 24. Still a long time, but obviously a very different number. Um, all the more reason to go listen to that episode. Episode 9, Alternative Interests. Check it out. How many episodes of the podcast are there? Of is their it, podcast? Is it, is it been going for a while? No, no, it's uh, less than us. I think oh, they're right. on like 14 episodes. Okay, okay. Um, so yeah, it's another... That's why I found it through that subreddit, so it is a... A young podcast. Okay, is it a professionally produced podcast? Um, well, it's clear that they it's it's like a startup. Yeah. But I think by the time you get to episode seven, it's you know. Okay. Right. I was I was ne- I never I didn't have any problems when listening to it. Well, and one more time, name of the podcast. Alternative interests. Shout out to alternative, alternative interests. Interest. Okay. Should talk about Doctor Who. Okay. Do, do, do we have to? We don't. We only have to do it three more times. That's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. This is the brawn. Okay. Okay. This is the anti-penultimate time. Go on, George. Do 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 I don't even know what I'm doing. I guess. <laughs> improvising with the drum beat. Right, I rewatched Heaven Sent. Yeah, we'll get this out of the way first because yeah. last podcast you dismissed Heaven Sent. You were like, yeah. "Nah, I didn't think anything of it." Yeah, and then confessed. Yeah, what was that? Because it it did seem to come out of nowhere. You just went, "I have a confession. I didn't actually watch well, it." Well, because. <sighs> Two reasons. Firstly, you were very insistent, like, no, this is great. Mm. Which I don't, I don't think you've done with anything else I've dismissed. Okay. And se- and you liked it as well. Mm. And then secondly, so when I didn't watch the episode, I looked up to see whether I'd missed a good one. Mm. And it was saying, oh, it's considered one of the great, the best episodes. Yeah. And I buried it. It's like, oh. But, but all of these episodes, like 90% plus on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Which I don't understand. It's like so. Uh, I haven't, but then when you two were like, "Oh no, it's really good." Mm. Like, oh, I should, I should probably rewatch it. Okay, that. so I did. I rewatched it. Okay, thoughts? It is good. Oh, good. Okay, <laughs> it is good. Um, it reminded me of uh, the game show Nightmare. I don't know if you ever saw Nightmare. Ooh, is that like like Raven? Shows like it's that. It's that uh, aesthetic. Yeah, to sh- to sh- to Shaki. Takeshi's Castle. Takeshi's Castle. It's that era. So yeah, yeah. That's uh, era. It, it, I think it's a it's a British um, game where like uh, the contestant, I think children mainly. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, that's why I thought of Raven. Yeah, they wear a like holographic. Yeah, thing. exactly. Um, you know, they're blind basically, mm. and then they're on a projector, like they they're on a, a monitor rather, and all these graphics are projected around them. These terrible eighties graphics of like dungeons and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then the other 
contestants have to guide them. Like, all right, one step to the right. Now pick up this thing, you know. And they have to get them through mm. each area of this castle. Yeah. So it definitely had that quality to it. I, I love... Um uh, shows like that, like Raven and Nightmare, but they just they did they commit to the um, the conceit, the conceit of that show. Yeah, like in Raven, I, it used to freak me out when I was younger because during the final gauntlet, if you were knocked off the path, then the contestant would disintegrate. Mm. Obviously, bad CG, but they would disintegrate, but you'd never see them again. Yeah. So I genuinely thought, what's happened to that kid? <laughs> like Raven's just like, yeah. oh, they will never come back. I was like, no. In in Nightmare, the typical thing is they stand somewhere for too long, the ground collapses beneath them, so they fall into an infinite black void. Right. Okay. Um, I I do I like things that are closed loop narratives, whereas I've got to unlock this puzzle to get to the next room. Yeah. And then you kind of circle back on yourself. I I do like stuff like that. Mm. Um, cue Sam's Lexicorner. Samuel, words, phrases, Sam's lexicon. So it has a certain quality about it, this episode. Okay. And I did invent this term before the episode, right. but there's no organic place to slot it in. Okay. There is now an organic place. Less organic by me pointing it out, admittedly. Yes. Um, it has a ludal quality to it. L-U-D-A-L. Ludal. Go on. So, it means of or pertaining to games. So, literary is to book as ludal is to game. Because that word doesn't exist. Okay. There's cinematic for films, there's literary, uh, there's televisual. Yeah. There's no game And it can gaming. sort of... You're talking about stuff that obviously can jump mediums. So, a, uh, a video game can be very cinematic. Yep. A film can be very liter... Literary. Literary. I was going to yeah. say literal. Yeah. Most films are literal. They are. Aaron Sorkin... Um, is a literary, is a literary filmmaker. Literary. Yes. Uh, yes. So I think this episode has a ludal quality to it because it is about figuring stuff out and moving on to the next location. Yeah. I want to say... It's, so it's not ludological because I, I, I did research on this. So ludology is the study of games. Okay. So ludological pertains to the study of games. Yeah. And then ludic is being playful yourself. Okay. You're, you're a playful human being. Mm-hmm. So ludal, pertaining to games. Okay. But it's not a game, Sam. Oh, there you go. There you go. But it's like a game. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know what to go with that. Okay, yeah. Words. Phrases. Sam's lexicon. Right. Uh, yeah, it's got... Um, I think that might be... Is there anything I've got to say about Heaven Sent? Oh, it's got more Mind Palace action. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like spin-off sorts. Full-blown, proper yeah. Mind Palace. Him and TARDIS. Yeah. Trying to figure stuff out. Uh, got an element of the prestige about it. Of, you know, infinite copies of himself dying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I've got a point here, but I'm not sure whether it stands. Why is he a hybrid again? Oh, yeah, we didn't even touch on this in series. Yeah. Like, that's fucking stupid. Don't even bother. Okay. Because the, there's cause- a prophecy... That a being that's half Time Lord or half human. Well, yeah. In the first uh, story of Series 9, he's talking to Davros, and Davros asks him about the prophecy of the hybrid, yeah. which states that uh, two... This being uh, is like a combination of two, two warrior, warrior races. Two warrior races. The assumption being it's half Time Lord, half Dalek. Dalek. Yeah. And then all through the season, they bring up the hybrid go, you know, in an effort to go, look, we do have an ongoing narrative. We right. promise. Yeah. The, the resolution of the hybrid arc is that doc- the Doctor and Clara are the hybrid. Oh, is it? Yeah. Because of the, the, the resolution... So the hybrid, the hybrid is two people. 
Yeah. That's not a hybrid. Which is not a hybrid one. That's two people. If I have a hybrid car, I don't have a petrol car and an electric car. <laughs> no, no. It's a combination of the two. But no, the hybrid yeah, is the I, Doctor I, and Clara. I have a hybrid bollock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Because the resolution of heaven sent is that he's the hybrid. Yeah, that's a bit I'm like, oh, that's the big... I mean, you knew it was going to be that. Yeah. Because who else is it going to be? It's not going to be a random creature they introduce. Yes, exactly. But what did he mean even when he said that? I am the hybrid. Um, well, the Time Lords, for some reason, they really want... They really, really want to know who the hybrid is. Yeah. For reasons. Yeah. And the Doctor is like, I'm the hybrid. But that turns out to be a lie in it's Hellbent. It's a lie. Because the end of that episode, it implies that all of his introspection has led him to the realisation that he is the hybrid. I am the hybrid. Yes. But that's not, he's just lying to get to them? Yeah, basically. Okay, well that ruins it. That doesn't ruin the episode, but that is a bit of a letdown. There are two things in this episode that do let it down. Yeah. That is definitely one. Yeah. The other one, there's that weird moment in the beginning where he makes friends with a door. Do you remember that? No. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, you, I exactly. watched this one properly. Yeah, he like he's running away from the veil, which is the monster that's chasing him. I like him the, the veil. Labyrinth. Yeah, the, the veil yeah. is a really good idea for a monster. And it, the fact that it's like the Doctor's nightmare as well gives yeah. it an extra like, ooh, okay. It follows. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, he like encounters a wooden door which won't open. Mm. So he then, he forms a psychic link with the door. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and he says like, <laughs> the reason no one's able to form a psychic link with the door is that they're, they're incredibly cross. Yeah. The and then the door just opens and we're like, okay, I guess we just accept Accept this. that. The, the episode has the makings of Blink about it in the sense of it's it's that kind of looping narrative mm-hmm. it has um, all the hallmarks of like a great New Who episode it's, and Moffat at his peak it's Moffat at his peak it's very small in scope but yeah. the, the, the narrative is very broad yeah the monster is like universal so yeah it has the makings of that like yeah. when he, he realises he's, re- he's repeating everything and he gets a little bit further every time yeah all that stuff is great. The thing that stops it short of being on the level of Blink mm. is those kind of... What's the right word? Not contrivances. Yeah, I'll go with contrivances. The, the science fictional con- setup of it, it's not as watertight as Blink is because that is working within the realm of like one or two rules. Okay. Like what the angels can do. Yeah. And that's sort of it. And then it's all about that message that they're recording. And yeah. This, because it's like the abstract castle. Yes. It's less concrete. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that's interesting. I would have said that it's more concrete in the sense that it's playing with less... Um, it's having to keep track of less than Blink. Like it's one character in one place doing one thing. Yeah, but like like you said, the psychic link with the door. Oh yeah, that's silly, but you know. But yeah, but things like that mm. bird I, it's clever yeah but it seems a bit more of a reach than the simplicity of blink right okay, okay. it's a it's a more abstract blink basically oh yeah it's definitely more abstract um and it's because of that it feels less tangibly awesome okay but it is good i i I'd actually written down like this statement because I was expecting you to not like this episode. Okay. So I've written out this statement of okay. like, here's why you're wrong, Sam. Okay. I'm obviously not going to read it now because I don't need yeah. to. But there is, I stumbled across an interview with Stephen Moffat where he talks about this episode. Yeah. I'm going to read a little bit of that to you because I think it's interesting. Okay. It's not the whole thing. Um, it's just a little extract in the middle. So this is from Doctor Who magazine, I think mm. this interview came from. Uh, getting lost and grief right in Doctor Who was on my to-do list, or on my failure list at any rate. They're both long lists. I get them muddled. The problem is Doctor Who is always about the new adventure, not the aftermath of the last one. 
Structurally, that's incredibly important to how the show works. So you have to make grief the centre of the story, not a hangover from last week's adventure. Grief has to be the new adventure. Mm. I thought if the Doctor loses Clara in the most horrific circumstance, a circumstance where events pass out of his control, but which are partially his own fault because he's made somebody think that they can act like him and they can't. Mm. Essentially, I was thinking, what is grief? How do I make grief the monster of the week in Doctor Who? People always talk about grief as being alone, so I made the Doctor absolutely alone. Grief comes and finds you whenever you stop or rest, so I gave him the veil. And grief is waking up with the same pain every day and trying to smash through it, so I gave him a diamond wall to punch through for the rest of time. Basically, he wore away a mountain with his tears. So that was an attempt at aftermath, an insane sci-fi operatic version of the Doctor's grief at losing Clara and trying to move on. I can see why people would think it's a gimmicky episode. God knows I love a gimmick, but I was aiming for poetry. Tried for poetry, ended up with a gimmick. I've defined myself. I've read that quote. You have read that yeah. quote. Well, what was, why did you let me <laughs> fucking I thought, sit? I thought you, you got, you, you know, you built up some momentum, some steam. Okay. I'll let you read. I have read that. Right. And I agree with it. Yes. Yeah. yeah grief, grief is the mon- the monster, if you like. Yes. So, yeah. And but what yes, I like... It is a, like um, a Doctor Who version of being in a prison of grief. Yeah, absolutely. I brought up... Um, when we were talking about the girl who waited, I said that that speech between the two Amys where she says, Rory is the most beautiful man I ever met. Like, that was the first time I'd ever heard that sentiment expressed. Like, that idea articulated. man? Well, just in general. Just the, oh, right, okay. the the idea of, like, you know, like, beauty can fade. Like, like uh, surface beauty can fade. Mm. Beauty from within, like, can right. actually improve a person or something like that. I'm not, I'm not even explaining the point well. Yeah. No, I mean, that, you know. That's my relationship with relationships. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But I obviously, yeah. I was a lot younger when I watched that episode. Yes. And that idea stuck with me. And the way that idea, that idea was articulated stuck with me. I imagine Heaven Sent is going to do the same for a lot of people. Right. Just like the way that it depicts grief. Mm. And again, that line where he says, the day you lose someone is not the hardest day. At least that day you have something to do. It's all the days they stay dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That moment, I think, is going to be a coping mechanism for a lot of people. Or at least a way for them to articulate, this is what I feel. Right. So in that sense, I think it's a very good episode. Okay. But I like as well that it's... Um, I think you can still watch it as a Doctor Who episode. It's not all subtext. It's not all theme, I don't think. No, like I say, it's got a little quality. It's both. You know? Yeah, exactly. It, it's, it's a metaphor yeah. made stone. And what I really like about it is that under Moffat's Doctor Who has sort of developed a nasty habit of telling instead of showing. Mm. It spends a lot of its time telling you how great the Doctor is. This episode shows it. It shows because, like, the Doctor is stripped of everything and everyone. But it shows he's never... Even in that situation, he is not powerless. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great character beat in the, in, the, in the grand scheme of the show. Yeah. That's really a moment where you're like, oh, yeah, this is a good character, you know? Well, it sort of feels like... It won't do it because it's Doctor Who and he's gone now. Mm. Uh, but that could have been... In Breaking Bad, they said for the fourth season... Because fans were disappointed that Walter White kept just losing all the time. Yeah. Like, he's got to lose for a whole season mm. so that when he wins, that, like, he's on that wavelength. He's on that, uh, you know... Yeah, he's basically riding that high. He's for riding that of, high for yeah. the rest of the show, basically, until it all, all goes tits up. This was like, this is the Doctor's nadir. If he can get out of this, he can he's get invincible. Out of yeah, exactly, yeah. Because uh, he's there for, what, like, two and a half billion years? 4.5 billion four years. Five, I like that they committed to that. Oh, yeah. They commit to it. It's, in, it's infinite. The Earth is 4.5 billion years old. 
That's it funny, is. Isn't it? Oh yeah. Is that deliberate? I don't know because by the time he gets out, he's at the end of the universe, basically. Yeah. So are they saying the, the universe is only going to last another four point five billion? Years? I can live with that. Okay. <laughs> I will live with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, weirdly enough, I read a bit of uh, a datum yesterday, a fact uh, that you know, one World Trade Center. Yep. The new building. Yeah, yeah. It's one thousand seven hundred seventy-six feet exactly. Which is the 1776 is the year of independence. Oh, really? So it's li- literally 1776. Wow, okay. Yeah. That's that's deliberate, right? Deliberate. That has yeah. to be. I yeah. think it wasn't. It was symbolically 1776. Okay. But now it literally is. Right. That's awesome. Oh, fair play. That's awesome. Fair play to them. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Even more horrible when the next 9-11 happens. Oh, Sam. <laughs> I, do you know what? I hate myself for saying that. <laughs> Because I was like, don't say it. Because you just end it on that nice thing. Yeah. But, oh well. Apparently not. Uh, you have more to say. I have a little bit more okay. to say about Heaven Sense. Go on. Um, you said, Sam, mm. I think it was Gridlock, right? Where you said that the ending of Gridlock, where the camera ascends through the city as the Doctor is describing Gallifrey to Martha, that's the first time that Doctor Who felt like a show to you. Yeah. This is, Heaven Sense is the last time Doctor Who felt like a show to me. Okay. I think that's one of the things that makes it so special. Right. Is that it's... The episode sort of came out... Like, Series 9 is just a series of experiments, basically. Mm. But they're all experiments where... It feels like the show has just thrown up its hands and gone, right, let's just try anything we can to appeal to anyone. Yeah, exactly. You've got, like, the abundance of multi-part stories Mm. and the callbacks to, like, Genesis of the Daleks, like, classic episodes. Mm -hmm. They feel like they're for the fans. Yet you've got, like, the found footage episode, Sleep No More, which feels like it's trying to pull in new audiences by chasing modern trends. He loves the gimmick. Loves a gimmick. Yeah. And then you've got like the fourth wall breaking before the floods and the Zygon inversion speech mm-hmm. where they feel like it's literally, like this show is literally demanding, begging for your attention. Yeah. And then along comes Heaven Sent, mm. which is an episode where at that time I didn't think Doctor Who had the skill or even the patience to want to do an episode like that. Yeah. So it's all the more special for it to come along and basically be like, right, we're stuck here for now. Mm. We're going to get through this together. Is it such things that give you hope? For the future of Doctor Who? Well, that's the thing. I was going to say, in that respect, it's actually a terrible episode. Because yeah, you could compare it to... promise. Yeah, you could compare it to being, like, trapped um, in, like, a relationship that has long since lost its magic. Right. Like, year-long, years-long relationship, mm. which has lost its magic. And just when you're like, right, it's time to call it quits. There's that one good fuck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, like oh, maybe, yeah. Oh, I'm missing yeah. out on this. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I gotta... Yeah. Maybe, maybe there's hope. Yeah. Maybe there's hope for what, to recapture what we once had. Yeah. Which makes it all the more devastating when the next thing that it does is shove Matt Lucas and progressive politics down your throat. Because well, as, as we, as, as we will now it. discuss in series yeah. 10, the last thing I want, the last person I want shoving anything down my throat is Matt Lucas. And he would. He, well. Well, he's more predisposed to do it anyway. Yes, exactly. He's a homosexual. Um, <laughs> before we even get to series 10, uh, we have a friend to whom we've previously alluded oh yes who is also a Doctor Who fan yes yes a very big Doctor Who fan yes he's not very big no no he's a, he's a, his fandom is yes yes extensive he's quite a quite a narrow fella he's a small chap yes um sorry <laughs> and he's actually listening I know yeah he's the I, only I one that does him, I told him we talk about this yeah yeah it's fine okay well it's him and like one other person they're the only exactly. people who listen yeah, that's true. uh so you know, if we ever do bring this individual up again, which I imagine we will in in the next few weeks with Doctor Who okay. stuff, or in general in the future, hmm. I'm, I'm gonna. I told him I'd invent a moniker, a code name for him. Okay. Because you know we don't name names on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. 
in the spirit of Doctor Who, uh, this individual is, I don't think, a dual citizen, but certainly has a dual resident of two nations. Uh, and so I'm going to call this individual the hybrid. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever we bring up, uh-huh, uh, he will be the hybrid. Okay. The hybrid pointed me towards a story, uh, and that is the Patrick Troughton. Doctor 2, yes. Wanted to play the Doctor in blackface. Are you familiar with this? I was not. <laughs> that's really interesting. Oh, it's a shame we didn't bring that up because we talk about Doctor Who in our blackface. Episode. I know that's that was the impetus for him to. Yeah. Um, I I haven't done any research or anything on it, but I'll, I'll read you. I quickly googled an article on it. Okay. In 1966, character actor Patrick Troughton was poised to take over the role. Afraid of being typecast and worried that being so identified with a children's show would ruin his career, he toyed with ways of disguising his appearance. According to interviews he gave after leaving the role, his preferred method was to play the character as a sort of Captain Nemo, complete with turban and dark skin. Oh. <laughs> Since he was white, this would naturally require him blacking up for the role. A costume method was still unfathom- unfathomably acceptable in the 60s. In the end, the producer squashed his idea, asking him to instead play the character as a sort of intergalactic Charlie Chaplin. Okay. So, yeah. Thank God for the producer. <laughs> Thank God for the producer. <laughs> Uh, I just think yeah, that's that's something worth flagging up with what's been going on recently. Yeah, definitely. That's really interesting. Yeah. So he didn't want to be typecast. Yeah. He, so he was like, who is fair enough? Yeah. So blackface was his. <laughs> was his solution to the issue. Well, that's here's, here's a question. Um, you two, have, you know, you were fans of these actors before you'd seen them anything else, probably, right? Of the actors who played the Doctor. Not always, but some of them. Yeah, yeah. a lot of them. Whereas I'm coming at it from the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. I was a fan of Eccleston and then I saw Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have they been typecast? Any of them been typecast for you two? Well, Capaldi was in Series 8 because we said that he was doing a PG Malcolm Tucker. But I mean, typecast as the Doctor. Oh, right. After they, the role they've gone on to do. Yeah. Oh, I see. No, I feel like they've made an effort to go in the opposite direction. Okay. Like you've got, you've got Eccleston doing like Fortitude and The Leftovers, the leftovers. which. Are not doctory roles. No, you've got Tennant doing Broadchurch, which is very not Doctor. Mm-hmm. Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones as well, um, and then you've got Matt Smith doing Prince Philip, which again, it's yeah. I, I I haven't seen it, but I assume it's a very, it's not as uh, energetic. It's a, a well behaved role. Yeah, it's yeah. not as energetic. Also, as Doctor. Did like, uh, Lost River. Lost River. Yeah. Um, uh, Terminator Genesis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do feel yeah. bad for Matt. I think I brought it up in the in the Star Wars episode. There's like two major Hollywood blockbuster franchises that he was supposed to be like the main villain in and the, the Genesis sequels were cancelled yeah. and he was never even put in Star Wars 9 yeah he keeps m- missing his break because yeah. Lost River that ended up being kind of a flop critically and commercially Yeah, but that could have been that was being kind of advertised as it's Ryan Gosling directing Drive yes he's doing his yeah. his drive yeah. and Matt Smith was the villain in that Yeah, but it, it was trying to do Lynch and it was it was kind of a mess but that would have been his foray his into American yeah. cinema. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is why Gosling has not directed. No. It, I think he... I think he will. It was his university. At the time, he was doing Drive and, like, Place Beyond the Pines and all those cool, stylish indies. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I've got to make my own version of this. Mm. But I look back at, like, the stuff I... The short films I wrote when I was 18, 19. And the music videos, basically. Mm. And it feels like he, maybe he was in that mode. Yes. Like, I want to do my own... Yeah. Uh, American surreal kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, series 10. Okay. You said last week you had no notes. Basically no notes. What notes do you have? Um, 
Well, I don't know if either of you picked up on this because it's a detail that's not really uh, drawn attention to. Bill is gay. Is she? Yeah, I don't okay. know if you picked up on this. I thought she was bisexual, you see. Oh, really? Going into it, I thought... Oh, this is genuine now. Yeah, genuinely. Oh, you genuinely thought she was Before bisexual. Before I watched okay. it, I was under the impression that she was bisexual. No, I feel she like is. You told me that she was bisexual. Straight up gay. She's straight up... Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Bill, her name annoys me. Not because of its androgynous quality. Mm. Bill Potts. Yeah, well, Bill Potts sounds like a Roald Dahl granddad character. For yeah, one thing. yeah, exactly. It, it doesn't sound like a real name. No. Why not Billy? And I know they had Billy Piper. Yeah. Right? So, oh, it's a reference to that. But what's wrong with Billy? It's still kind of androgynous. Mm. Well, it is androgynous. Yeah, yeah. But Bill isn't an ambiguous name. Bill is a man's name. Yes. Why not Billy? Why couldn't they just fucking go on with Billy? I don't know. It's progressive or something. She's taking down the patriarchy by <sighs> it's like <laughs> appropriating a male name. I don't know. What's the writer that created um, Star Trek Discovery and American Gods? Brian something. Eddie? He did Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. Brian Fuller, thanks. Um, <laughs> Brian Fuller. Uh, he- I just want to say, because in case people think, you know, oh, these episodes were edited, he probably had. No, no, no. He didn't need Eddie's help there. <laughs> Brian Fuller, um, every show he creates, the main female role has a male name. Okay. So in Star oh, Trek yeah, Discovery, yeah, yeah, Michael yeah. is her name. Michael Burnham. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you think it's that thing? What is he made? It's reminded me of that. Why does like, he uh, give them male names? I've never heard him discuss why. It's either just like his quirk, his trademark. Yeah. Or all that like... There's that little school, isn't it, of uh, sort of J.J. Abrams, Joss Whedon, mm. that created good female leads, like action yeah. leads and stuff like that. So it might be just part of that thinking of uh, it's a statement. Okay. You know? Yeah. Like in the way that Buffy the Vampire Slayer starts with the typical setup of the blonde that's about to get murdered mm. and then they flip the table and she's a vampire. Yeah. It's that okay. thing. Uh, but yeah, that kept winding me up. Bill. No, Billy. Let's just call <laughs> Billy. Now, I don't want to be a body fascist because God knows I am no Adonis. Right. But Pearl Mackie has a very distracting mouth. Yeah. Her <laughs> mouth is distracting. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It looks like... I don't know what's going on. There. I'm rewatching. Uh, this sounds terrible because I'm I'm referring to another black character. But I'm rewatching Dexter at the moment. Yeah. Well, I say I'm rewatching. I'm watching Dexter for the first time with my mother because yeah. I came into Dexter halfway through series four. You and came out the, at its peak. Yeah. And then instantly followed by its trough. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I did. I watched half of series four, then five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. So yeah. now I'm catching up on all the stuff that I've missed. Yeah. And the character in that, James Stokes, the yes. rival detective that hates Dexter, yeah. he looks like he's constantly like pouting. His lips are so far away from his face. Yes, yeah, yeah. That, that's true. He does look like he. He's the man that gave birth to surprise motherfucker. That comes from that. that yeah, character. surprise motherfucker. Yeah, I didn't know that. So when it happened, oh, I didn't know that. That was great. <laughs> I love two. I'm cracked. That happens in season. No, two. it's the end of series one. Fuck. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it happened, and I laughed. And mum was like, "Why are you?" Why? He's just turned up. Why yeah. are you laughing? A meme was just born, mother. Yeah. Oh, what? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean. It is like, that's her mouth. You notice it. Yeah, yeah, you do notice it. So they finally, they kind of finally answered the question, Doctor Who? Doctor Mysterio? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to go with that for the rest of this. Because it's like, what is the Doctor's name? And Mysterio. 10,000 people have said, Doctor Who? Yeah. Doctor what? Mm. You know. The, the, the fact that someone has finally said it even yeah. though it's not an answer I'm just going to take it that's his name Doctor his Myster- name is Dr. Mysterio right okay 
That is... The Christmas special. It is the Christmas special, but I think... Is that the Spanish title for Doctor Who? Doctor Mysterio. Doctor Mysterio. I think that's what it is. They, they hear that, and obviously there's the superhero connection. Doctor K? Doctor K. Si, que what? Yeah, so I think that's why they called it. Yeah, that was not very good, was it? Rubbish. Yeah. Their superhero episode. Rubbish. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Rubbish. Like, I didn't like any of the episodes. I don't know why they brought back the... Um, the unzippy people from the husbands of river song yeah they didn't seem like it's like that's a cool image mm. unzipping the face and sort of pulling half of it away but that's it they're not like compelling villains no in any capacity and there's that weird like cliffhanger it's like oh the brains have escaped to another person and then we just never see them again yeah you know i uh yeah i didn't like any episode okay should i have this time um well I don't love the pilot. Yeah. But I think it's all right. It's the best one. I think it's a nice reintroduction. It Well, it's called yeah. the pilot, and I assume yeah. that's deliberate. Yes. But it does feel like a reintroduction to the show. It, it does. It, it, uh, an internal reboot. Like, maybe not more so than The Eleventh Hour, because mm. that was style everything. Yeah. But kind of. In terms, it, it's, it sets up like, this is now the context of Doctor Who. Yes. Like, the opening shot is basically just a symmetrical wide shot. Compared to like the the bombastic openings we've had before, yeah, like it opens on just a symmetrical wide shot, and Bill walks into the room, and you're like, "Oh, that's what a TV show looks like." Yeah, and I do like the university as a base as well. Yes, I like that idea. I I, I, I like if the whole show was that. To be honest, yeah. I I'm not a fan of Bill. No, I'm, I don't. I don't know what your opinions of Bill are, gentlemen. I don't hate her, but I'm not a fan of her. Okay, I don't like Bill. Yeah, but I really like the idea. Like, the reason that her and the Doctor are companion and Doctor. The reason he takes an interest in her is because when she doesn't understand something, she smiles. Yeah. It's like she's inviting um, knowledge that she doesn't understand rather than rejecting it. Mm -hmm. I think that's a very Doctory thing to observe. So I think that's a really nice connection. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah. I I like the lecturer, you know, lecturery thing. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's a nice... Oh, that's not an angle that's been done before. It seems like... How to express this? As if that was the original setting of the show. Was he's a lecturer? He's a doctor at a university. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like they're going back to an old, because like that's your eighties, nineties show. Is there's a central location where all the characters work together? Yeah, and they go off on adventures. Yeah, exactly. Always, yeah. It always ends back at the university. Yeah. So I did like that. Um, they insisted on playing the Clara music one more time. You got <laughs> You really got to cut that out. <laughs> It's winding me up now. Is it? Do we hear it again? No. No. Good. It's over. Well, Woo! yeah, there's no more Clara. Okay. Yeah, there's no more Clara in this fucking season. Depressing. We got it. I like the idea of poetry and physics being the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, symmetry. Yeah, that speech, that whole, like, the university speech, yeah. that feels very doctory. Well, it does, it does, it feels very, like, Doctor Who is trying again. It feels professorial. It does, yeah. His characterization as a lecturer is very Weinsteinian. Eric Weinstein. Oh right, I was which Weinstein? Yeah, but, yeah. well, you know they're both, but yeah, Eric Weinstein of, of poetry and physics being interchangeable yeah. and speaking in a way where they're interchangeable. I'm like I don't know what. Oh, is it Weinstein? About. It's Weinstein. Weinstein. It's Harvey Weinstein, Eric Weinstein. Oh, I the see. Okay. Oh, so there isn't confusion to no. be had. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just kept thinking of the Tiger by William Blake. Okay. Uh, what immortal hand or eye could frame my fearful symmetry? Ah, yes. Yeah, physics and poetry. Mm. Yes. Uh, I don't hate Matt Lucas. You better have a damn good fucking reason. I don't like him in the show, uh, really. 
But okay. I, I, right. Like I said, I didn't like any episode this series. No. So it's kind of, it was just crap, right? Okay. It's sort of like, if the show is that beyond redemption, it's just funny. And so him, he is just the cherry on the cake. Right. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Like, okay. If we're just with all reckless abandon saying, fuck it. Sure. Matt Lucas, do that. Right, okay. Matt Lucas has two facial expressions in his arsenal. Yes. Frowny gormless and wide-eyed gormless. Yes. <laughs> the panoply of gorm he's yeah. got going. But that thing of like, he's always, a, he's talking a bit confused. And then, but then he's frowny though. I, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, that, that. It does piss me off. That pissed me off. It's weird, because like halfway through the season, like Matt Lucas is that for most of the series. And even though he's like a, another companion. Yeah. He's, sort of playing antagonist to the Doctor a little bit because he's trying to keep him at the university. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's the Skylar. Yeah, he's the Skylar yeah. if you want. But like halfway through the season they start characterising him. They start playing with his characterization a bit. They like make him like, oh, I'm a bit of a badass. I'm mm. secretly a badass. And it feels like it feels like a show you've got examples of shows. I think South Park is a good example. You know the character Butters from South yeah. Park? Like in the early seasons of South Park, he was just a background character. Never said mm. anything. Now he's basically the secondary lead. Yeah. Because of the, the creators loved him so much and he became a fan favourite. So he now has more prominence than some of the other main characters. Yeah. And it feels like that. It feels like it's as though Matt Lucas has been in multiple seasons of Doctor Who and fans love him. So they're making him more like badass and cool and playing into what fans love about him. Yeah. But it's only within one season. The thing, one of the, something that I hate about shows in general is engineering breakout characters. Yeah. Oh, that's definitely what it's doing. The whole it wants point you to love Matt of Lucas. a breakout character is they break out. Yeah. Unexpectedly. Yes. I hate... Um, so, Daryl Dixon is a good example. Like, he's designed to be a fan favourite. Right, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, is feel like cheating. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. That's definitely what Matt Lucas is in this. He's cheating. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the idea of, of you know, a, a non-human... Though he, he's not human. He's a robot, right? He's a robot. Um... I think he was human once. Yeah, and then he went into that. Thing. Yeah, Hydroflax. Hydroflax. Uh, the companion, you know, someone who has to manage the doctor. Yeah. Like you've got the companion who's discovering everything, but yeah. then the one who's always there. Yes. It's like, oh, doctor. Yeah. You know, uh, Mrs. Landingham from the West Wing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The role arrives, oh, he's off again. Yeah. That's kind of all I got to say about series. <laughs> okay. Uh, and the only other point being the problem with David Bradley being William Hartnell is that uh, he isn't William Hartnell. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the show has done this before. Like in Classic Who, they had to recast the first Doctor. Yeah. But yeah, here's the thing, Eddie, right? You, um, multiple times in these podcasts, have alluded to that you hate the fact that the show is using, that there are, there are actors playing characters in an adventure in space and time. Mm. that are also playing characters in Doctor Who. Now, we I didn't want Sam to know. Mm. I wanted to keep it a surprise that David Bradley was coming back as William Hartnell within the canon of the show, rather than him being in a non-canonical special. But you gave it away, didn't you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you bastard. Yes, because He's being honest with his friend. It, yeah, because <laughs> I hate it that much. But that's the thing. Like I, I know like on previous episodes, it's it might come across as like, oh, Eddie doesn't know what he's talking about. But no, that's what you were referring to. It's the yeah. fact that yeah. David Bradley plays the first Doctor canonically and non-canonically. Yeah, because I was... And he plays another character in the fucking And he thing. plays another character Which in... Which is why it yeah, pisses yeah. me off. Yeah. Has he already been in it? Yeah. Dinosaurs on a Spaceship. He plays the... That's um, right. The, yeah. the dude. And that's, that's why... Yeah, I, I thought it was just like a weird like fan thing of... 
oh, I want it to be a separation between an adventure in space and time and Doctor Who. Yeah. Don't use any of the same actors. But no, yeah, he is just playing the first Doctor in this. Yeah. I, they do that thing where, and to be fair, it's fairly well done, where they try and blend them in that. Oh, effect. yeah, that's that's well done. Yeah. That's a good. But yeah. you've shown me what you're doing. I know that's not William Hartnell. You've pulled the curtain away. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. can't buy into this now yeah. because I know it's a, it's an illusion. Yeah. yeah. And he does look a lot like William Hartnell. Yeah. But he's not William Hartnell. No, he's not. So, yeah, that's kind of unacceptable. There's also, I don't know how much, because I haven't seen early Doctor Who, but I've heard people complain about his characterization in that episode, in which they basically make him a misogynist and like an old fuddy-duddy who doesn't get yeah. modern times. Yeah. Because he says like, you know, oh, women should be cleaning the TARDIS. And yeah. Peter Capaldi's like, no, you can't say that anymore. There's that yeah, joke. Which is not. That's not William Hartnell. Like, that might have been what Willi- William Hartnell was like. Yeah, but that wasn't yeah, what, the first, what the first Doctor was. Exactly. They were yeah. reaching when they were like, oh, he'd be out of step with the times and everything. The World War One guy, fair enough. Uh, yeah. Because he makes a joke about women. like, oh, if they ever blah, blah. And when I was like, yes, quite. And they laugh. I can't remember what the joke is. Yeah, there's like a joke at the expense of women. Yeah. Mm. Which then, I enjoy. And then uh, Bill says to them that she's a lesbian and they both go, what? What? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> um, that's what Doctor Who is now. Yeah. It's, 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 it's guts, there's a lot of it. There, right? There's a lot, yeah. yeah. If they'd had the uh, the stones to follow through with that and have the world one guy a dyke and just like try to shoot, <laughs> and just try to shoot her or something. Yeah. yeah, like like when in Rome, let's just trash Doctor Who. Yeah, like 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 Aaron Sorkin with the West Wing. Like they start swearing <laughs> in the final that. episode yeah. and calling Bill that. And there, is, there is one other thing that annoys. Well, I mean, there's a few things that annoy me with the series but one thing that annoys me is that it was Moffat's last episode mm. so he gave Gatiss a opening credit listing yeah 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 Gatiss has been in the series like I know. three times yeah which again annoyed me with the casting it didn't annoy me because I think he, did, he looks different enough from the guy in what's the one where he's the, the, the scientist Lazarus, Lazarus, Lazarus experiment Although he looks different enough yeah what uh, is he in at another point that's where, where he's in it again You'll have to tell me because I'm I not entirely sure. He's okay. written a few, obviously. Yeah, You've got to think from the World War One soldier's perspective. Yeah. She is black and a woman. Yeah. She's so like, you know, you, and a you, lesbian. And she can vote. It's like, and she, but you're black. Yeah. <laughs> but you're a woman. You know. Yeah. I don't I think suffrage had happened by World War One, did it? I don't think so. No. No, no. Yeah, they should have just, they should have doubled down on all that <laughs> stuff. Um, it's a strange final episode, I think. Yeah. Because it's almost as if, like, there's nothing to do. Because the whole episode is basically Capaldi does not want to regenerate. And yeah. that's why he encounters his first incarnation. Mm. Is because his first incarnation didn't want to regenerate. So he's sort of teaching himself. He's yeah, using how, himself to overcome they, it. I don't, again, if it's time you I mean, I don't want to get into it. But they, they can cross paths, can't they? The in- yeah, incarnations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this he just happens to have gone to the time. I think so. Okay. I think the TARDIS probably nudged him over there. Yeah. He's like, oh, you could use a word with yourself. And then for some reason a World War One soldier turns up. Yeah. That's a bit weird. Who very conveniently happened to be in the midst of the, the Christmas football game. Yes. Yeah. And also just so happens to be an ancestor of a classic yeah. Doctor Who character, you know. Um, but yeah, so they go there and there's those creatures which can manifest people who have died. Mm. And the Doctor's like, I'm going to stop your evil plan. And then he goes to visit Rusty, the good Dalek who shows him that the, vi- the villains are not evil and the Doctor just goes oh they're not evil yeah and that's the episode basically yeah. it's like nothing's really happening it's not a big bombastic finale it's almost like a, a whimper it's, not a, it's a whimper not a bang yeah 
when he turned into Jodie. Oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot she was in this. Yeah, I gotta say, I think it just happens because it, I'm kind of I'm getting through all these episodes, and I know it, it's almost at an end. Yeah, and with Capaldi and everything, it's always a bit of a refresh when they regenerate. No, that's yeah, I think yeah. that's a fair thing to say. So I didn't, you know, I was like, oh yeah, whew, now we got. They Jody. do make a big deal of the fact. Uh, they 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 milk her reveal though, don't they? As a woman. Well, it's the eyes first, isn't it? Yeah, because... And the eyelashes. You go back to, like, um, Smith's regeneration into Capaldi, Mm. where it's like, he's Capaldi now. And, like, the the regenerations before that, there's a bit of a build-up, but you see their face almost immediately. Smith we saw immediately, Tennant we saw immediately. Is there any internal explanation as to why they're different every time? What do you mean? The the, the nature of the regeneration? Well, there was that, that... theory in deep breath wasn't there like you said that um, it's just a reflection of the doctor's head oh no I don't mean that like I, I've, I've I've put to rest my anxieties about but right. they're the same person yeah yeah no what I'm talking about is literally the transformation process it's always the, the, the orange light and the yeah yeah but any not really no whatever then yeah I, not that I can think of at the top of my head but yeah we see her eyes and then there's like a camera shot behind her then you see her reflection yeah. and it's like really building up to her review. it's like we get it it's a woman I know it's alright it's still the doctor do they reveal who the next doctor is before they air those episodes yes yeah. that's a shame it would be cool if they could keep it contained until well this is this... With, with Capaldi they did an entire show where yeah there was an entire like half hour special interviewing him well not right. interviewing him but like building up to his review okay and then Jodie Whittaker it was just like a commercial they threw in during Wimbledon right Okay, um, but there is a question that I want to ask you in regards to knowing things in advance, because mm. obviously um, David Bradley was spoiled for you. <laughs> yeah, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> but was the return of John Sim spoiled for you? No. Okay, it was spoiled for us because media outlets. It was in the trailer, was in yeah. the trailer and all the media outlets were like, "John Sim is back! John Sim is back!" Yeah. No, I didn't know that was coming. How did that land for you? Um. Because this is a rare opportunity because it's a genuine, like, you didn't know. So I want to know how effective it was. It wasn't a pleasant surprise. Okay. It happened. And I was like, oh, it's John Sim. I'm not going to think about how both he and Missy, whatever, timey-wimey stuff. Yeah. Um, but then he didn't get an opportunity, really, to do the John Sim thing. No, it's it's for the reveal. Yeah. Because in the episode afterwards, him and Missy don't do anything. No, and then she dies. Yeah. Okay, that's done. She, you said she doesn't come back. No. Yeah, that's okay. the end of Missy. So that's the end of Missy. And presumably the end of the Master. Okay. <laughs> John Sim comes back again, does he? I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> well, you've spoiled it now. I know not I, to, I, I didn't I say anything, I know mate. to expect him. I didn't if say If it was a mate. no, you would have said no, wouldn't you? All right. Eddie, does John Sim come back? No. <laughs> I don't know where it's What do you expect? What do you think now, motherfucker? <laughs> I'll just Google it. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I won't. Don't worry. Okay. Um... Yeah, no. You yeah. Know, any any uh, goodwill that may have been generated by, oh, it's John Sim was immediately shut down by, oh, he's doing that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly. Also, they weren't different enough. I, know, I guess they're going for like the uh, the Pulp Fiction couple that hold up the diner, Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. Um, what's that? Fu- the fucking Terrence Malick film. Shadowlands. No, not Shadowlands. Oh my God. <laughs> Sam doesn't know a thing. I know. It's like a classic. Martin Sheen and Sissy's I think it's Sissy Spacek help come on Eddie this is like the one moment of genuine Bad use Batman thank you uh, <laughs> Badlands yeah, yeah. Uh, that vibe yes definitely yeah uh, but they were too similar okay 
I don't. They weren't like. Well, they're literally the same person. I know. Yeah, but yeah. So is Eccleston and Whitaker, right? Yeah. That's a bad comparison because they're both northern. So, <laughs> you know, so is Smith and Capaldi. I don't know. You get. You get the point. Yeah, I get the idea. Yeah. Um, they were, but she was just, you know, she was Harley Quinn and he was Joker. Well, it was. It, they were. It was supposed to be the moral struggle of the master, wasn't it? Yeah. I will say that is one thing I do genuinely like about the season. We didn't touch on Missy at all in series nine because she's only in the first two episodes. Yeah. But in that, in those first two episodes. She's a hostile ally. Yeah. And I really like that angle. I thought that was fun to, mm. for the Master. Uh, and then in this season, it's all about reforming the Master. Because mm-hmm. there's that ambiguity about like, oh, there's something in the vault underneath the university. What's under the vault? And then in series, in episode six, they just tell you yeah. with no fanfare. Yeah. It's like, oh, I guess it's Missy. Thanks. Yeah. What the fuck did you keep that a secret? But yeah, there's like those moments where she's, you know, she's crying when listening to music and she says like I've never thought about the people that I killed before mm. and she's genuinely trying to meet the doctor on the same level I really like that stuff Okay, it's a different side to the master because there's that you know the doctor and the master were friends but that's like history they're not friends anymore mm. so to see them trying to tap into that friendship I could be wrong I don't I, I don't think there are many examples of that where you've got the typical enemy of like you used to be my friend but now we're not friends anymore and then they're genuinely trying to rekindle their friendship okay. in spite of their differences. There is a lot of that. Okay, my mistake. No, no, no. That's the, I feel that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know if I can point to a good example. But it's not just a villain like, come and join me. You you were on my side once before. Like yeah. the villain is trying to meet the hero on the hero's terms. Right, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. That's all you have to say. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's all I got for series 10, really. Eddie, what do you think of series 10? Yes, I'll let you talk about uh, World Enough and Time because you yeah. really like that episode, That's, don't you? I like that I personal favourite for seeing the Cybermen, mm-hmm. but it's because this is the Cybermen. So that they were originally from Mondas, right. so that's like an old Doctor Who. Okay. I, I do have a question for you. Um, this might not be the case. Is the implication that Bill is the first Cyberman, or did I just completely misread that? I don't know if it's the implication that she's the first Cyberman, but the first one that looks like. Okay. Her. Right. But, okay. But that's got the whole shebang. Okay. All right. Well, it's like all humans are sent from Africa, aren't we? Oh, Sam. <laughs> oh, shameful. Go on. Um. You, you know, I, I mean, I like John Sim before he's revealed. I, th- I, obviously, watching it, knowing that he is that character, it's obvious. Yes. I feel like it's convincing enough. Like you could, the you accent, could. The accent slips at times. At times, but I feel like you could conceivably get through that episode and genuinely not figure it out. Yes, you could. Yeah. It, but yeah, if you pay attention to his voice enough. Yeah. There are times where it slips, and you go, okay. But that's the trick, isn't it? They, they. Um, it depends on you not suspecting that anything is amiss. But we knew John Sim was coming back. Yes. So that's probably why a lot of people figured um, it out. And... But yeah, so uh, I like the Cybermen. I like the idea of the ship going. Like the time being an issue because the ship's buying yeah that's a, a re- that's a really good basis for an episode a ship that is falling into a black hole so time is moving faster at one end than the other yes that's a good concept for an episode yes yeah um, do you do you find do you finally like the Cybermen no oh, for fuck's sake Sam <laughs> I don't again I don't dislike them I I I remain unconvinced by them okay well you won't like them as yeah the, this was it this was your okay. chance this was your last chance yeah you okay. won't like them in the future I'm unconvinced of their primacy oh I don't villain. know actually I don't know if um, oh what's his name 
I don't want to give away who he is, but like, um, Eddie will go on. Oh God, you, you, you the um, I want I want to say his name because his name doesn't give away who he is. Give away his name, man. But I can't remember his name. <laughs> Are you talking about the guy that's in Adventure in Space and Time? No, no, because that's something else entirely. Um, fuck. Hang on. And I don't know what you're talking about. Bear with me. This is terrible podcasting. <laughs> um, I, yeah, no, I like I like the Cybermen. Ashad. Do you think Sam would like the idea of Ashad? I can't remember who Ashad is. Oh, for fuck's sake, Eddie. From Bashar al-Assad, the, the head of Syria. Him. Not, not him, man. Uh, no. No? Right. Would I like it? That's, that was my question. Okay. Because it's... Uh, well... I won't spoil it. No. Okay. You've got an, you've got another season before we get there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was probably your last opportunity to like the Cybermen. Okay. Yeah. Um, I like that they don't upgrade someone mm. straight away. Like they do the heart. Yeah. But then she doesn't get the full conversion straight away. Yeah. This is like the Cybermen figuring out what they are. It's a work in progress. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, I like because it's Monda. It's Mondas. What I didn't like. There's a point where she realizes it's Mondas. And then he goes, "Oh, it's a Cyberman, a Mondasian Cyberman." I was like, "It would be more fun." Yeah, they came. do that. They do that like um, dolly shot in as he says, "A Mondasian Cyberman." Yeah. And it's a bit like oh. I would have much preferred it if she found out it was from Mondas and came in and told. Uh, we're like, "Oh yeah, yeah." It, but it, is Mondas M O N D A S M O N D O S D O Mondas? No, D A S. Oh, is it? Sorry, my mistake. Yeah, Mondas. Okay, I I I theorize then. Mondas is Spanish for world because I know there's a newspaper called Le Monde okay a French newspaper and that's the world I think okay or the earth but I think it's the world is Mondas Spanish for for planet or world or something um I mean Monda is a town in Spain and it's also the peel of a fruit okay okay um there's a word called Mondas which means to pick one's teeth Okay, <laughs> I don't. I don't think the, the, I don't, the, think, I don't think the word Mondas is, but I would argue it's derived from Mond. Okay, French for world, but I don't know. Das world, das world, das world. So the Cybermen are French, uh, apparently. Well, in, in your bizarre head canon, yeah, yeah, they are. The Cybermen. Um, two more. Well, a couple more small things just to round off series ten. Um. There's a fucking three-parter in the middle of this series. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like... A loose three-parter. Well, a loose four-parter. Yeah, a loose four-parter. I like how the monks look. Same. That's it. Yeah. 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 These are the guys you're giving three whole episodes to? Yeah. Yeah. They could have made them so much better than they did, but they look cool. Yeah, they look cool, but that's basically it. Yeah. Also, they they kind of mix... Like, I get Extreme Extremis, the name of the episode... Yeah. yeah, the one that's in the Vatican monks like weird burnt space monks being the villain of a Vatican episode yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. but then when the monks come down in like a pyramid mm. feels like we're sort of mixing iconography a little bit you know yes um, yeah I don't like that that all feels very yeah. <laughs> don't like that at all uh, I hate the Eaters of Light yeah I think it's one of the worst episodes of the show it's so bad yeah that's the um, the one where it's like are they Vikings? It's like the barbarians and the Vikings, and they're like on a mountain for, it, for the whole uh, episode. Scotland. Yeah, 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 yeah. The kids with, with the crows, the, the Picts, the Picts. Yeah, yeah. 
Yes, yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. The Crows is awful. <laughs> I don't know who came up this idea that like, like they they pass a crow at the beginning of the episode and it's it's talking English, and Nardole is like that crow is talking and the Doctor's like yeah they all talk right and you just brush that off as like oh it's just a quirky Doctor thing yeah. Um, I will say I was because I know when the trailer with um, the crows originally came out yeah people thought it was a raven. Oh yes, they thought there was like a Clara, and they thought that that there was something to do nevermore with bringing back, and they didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah, when you find out at the end of the episode that like the the one of the main characters from that location is called Cor or Car, Car, and the Ravens yeah. are actually saying her name for the rest of eternity. I remember you telling me about that yeah. years ago. Yeah, I'm like yeah, that's where we're at. Yeah, <laughs> this <laughs> is the level the Doctor Who yeah. is operating on. For fuck's sake, yeah, that's terrible. Um. I, I feel obligated at this point to ask because it's the last Mark Gatiss episode so I have to ask you what you thought of The Empress of Mars um, it's the last one is it yeah, yeah. that's a shame uh, I did, didn't like it because it's kind of um, I, it's, like, I like the Ice Warriors it's the thing it's, a, it's an Ice Warriors episode set on Mars but it's got that old timey dialogue as well because yeah. it's like old British military Sold. men Victorian troops yeah so it's that weird mix of yeah. uh, sci-fi and history Again, it's like on the page, the bricklage of uh, the Victorian aspect, Mars, there's a bit of Apollo stuff in there. Yeah. Okay. But in practice, just, eh. Yeah, I just, I just didn't think much of it, really. Yeah. Um, the the Ice Queen, um, the Empress of Mars, yeah. is just pure cringe. I can't stand her. Yeah. Yeah. It's the- way too much. It's like the Ragnos, isn't it? I am speaking like yeah. this. <laughs> Like, fair play for making it a costume and makeup rather than some CG bullshit. Yeah. But, yeah, it looks like um, Farscape. Yeah. You know, that era of sci-fi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where they're talking like that. Yeah, like you said. Yeah. Fucking stupid. Uh, yeah. Anything else <laughs> about Series 10? I don't think so. No. Um, the, uh, yeah, the, the constant, you know, like, Bill... There always seems to be an episode where it's dealing with the fact that Bill is a woman, Bill is black, or Bill is gay. Mm. They never seem to to leave that alone. No. And, like, I, I saw an article a while ago that actually charted how frequently the companion's race and, like, sexual orientation comes into the show. And Bill didn't have the highest ratio of mentions. Right. But, for one thing, she's, like, only in a season. Mm. Whereas all of the other companions crossed multiple seasons. And also... She's only in the season. Yeah. Who the fuck's the next companion? It's all new. Everything's new. Everything's new. I thought Pearl stuck around. Oh, no, no. She was meant to. I thought she stuck around and there were like a couple of additional ones. Nope. Oh, it's all new. It's all new. I know one of them has dyspraxia. Yes. But yeah, that's it. Yeah. The she most... Knows, she, um, she was meant to be around for more than one season. Yeah, I think that was the idea, but... Oh, well, no, but she was meant to be. She signed on. As I, I, I might be wrong on this as far as I know. She was meant to be. She signed on, and then Capaldi went, "Oh yeah, I'm leaving." <laughs> and, and, and then Stephen Moffat was like, "Yeah, I'm leaving." And I was like, "Oh." <laughs> so I think that's the way it works. Yeah, she signed probably, on, and then they both confirmed. Yeah, they were going. just and jumping then, ships. Like, oh fuck, what do they know? And then yeah, because Chibnall was coming in and doing something new, it was like, yeah, sorry, Chris Chibnall, I'm out of here. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, sorry, love, you're wrong. And you, you weren't clutching no pills. Yeah, but yeah, I think I think it's the it's the implementation of her. It's the fact that there's always a moment where a character says a thing and she goes, uh, just so you know, I'm yeah. gay. Yeah. Like, it's not like in... Um, I guess it's similar implementation, but like in the Shakespeare Code, for example, mm. where Martha's like, um, 
is it alright for me to be here? I'm not exactly white. And the doctor's like, well, I'm not human. Just walk around like you own the yeah. place. And it's just like a, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But no, like, it matters that you have to know that I'm gay. Well, the thing is, I've, I've seen a lot of that recently. We've been talking about this, you know. Yeah. That, those kind of films and TV shows. It is irritating, the frequency with which it is brought up. Hmm. But she does... It's not as obnoxious as I thought it would be. No. It's just yeah, not she, like, yeah, I'm gay, fuck you, power to the... You yeah, yeah, it's not it's aggressive. Not no, it's just like, oh, by the way, I'm gay. Yeah. It's like, okay, unnecessary, but at least she's not this arrogant bitch. Yeah, yeah, she's not like that. I don't... I think one of the rede- the one redeeming thing about her is that she... This felt like the right time to have a companion like that. Mm. Which she's sort of like Capaldi's Donna, if that makes sense. Right. You know, she's just kind of curious about everything. Mm-hmm. She's constantly asking questions. It's almost like a fan is traveling with Capaldi, in a sense. Um, and after, like, Amy and Clara, like, Clara, who had, like, seen every incarnation of the Doctor and, like, visit him when he was a child, and mm. Amy, who had been with the Doctor all of her life, it's nice to just have a casual companion where it's like, oh, what's space like? What's this alien about? Answer my questions, please. It's like the university thing. It's sort of, like, simplifying everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and also the last note about series 10 um, is is this sense of circularity because the very one of the very first conversations that, Cap- that Capaldi and Pearl Mackey have is her telling him that he's gay and the very last thing that Pearl Mackey says to Capaldi is that she's gay circularity she tells him that he's gay no she she tells him that she is gay yeah, yeah. yeah sorry hang on you're what yeah um, yeah, because uh, she she meets Capaldi and she's like, oh, on, they, on Gallifrey we get executed for. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they went for the circularity in terms of the puddle. Oh, oh yeah, the puddle. Yeah, I, I, that wasn't serious. I was being, I was joking. Yeah, yeah. They went for, that was like the oh, we bought, a, we had a puddle in series episode, one. <laughs> we had a puddle in episode twelve. It's portentous for the forthcoming Minge Fest. Those two. Have been. <laughs> <laughs> uh. fact, honestly, though, the fact that like. He's like, oh, we don't know how we're going to get out of this. And they just, they just get saved by a puddle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they could have been saved by Matt Lucas. That would have been so no, much I mean, worse. He was, he was too strong to be... Oh, yeah, to, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. He's too be. brave and, like... What's that thing? Like, oh, that girl has a crush on you. Well, she's only human. Fuck off, Matt Lucas. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> it's not Tarantino thing, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's a Lion Scott Pilgrim, but it's taken from Tarantino. They were at Cannes Film Festival and someone came up to Tarantino and said... Oh, massive fan. He said, why wouldn't you be? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, is that it then? That's it. We have finished Doctor Who. Yeah. There is no more Doctor Who after series 10. Yes, there is. That was, that was the only Doctor Who. So what did, what did you think? It's just what a did... protracted, can, uh, protracted, not canon, coda. A protracted coda. <laughs> no one, is it? Yes. Epilogue that won't fucking end. Yeah. No more Doctor Who. Okay, shame about series 11 and 12 we've got to watch then, isn't it? Well, I don't know what... I mean, that's a show that pretends to be Doctor Who. Yeah. It calls itself Doctor Who. Mm. It's not Doctor Who. Okay. No. Well, I'll be the judge. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, On that note. uh, Yeah. Uh, I had to hit it at the very end. (laughs) Um, Uh, See you next time, I guess. Yeah. Well, you'll hear us next time. Yes. How people say that? See you next time. I'll see you anyway. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Bye. (laughs)